0: 30 degrees now at DVE Val Porter. While slamming the sheriff's deputies who did not engage the shooter at a Florida high school earlier this month, Donald Trump claimed yesterday that he's so brave he would have run into the school no matter what.
1: I think I, I really believe...
0: Well, let me try that again. Here we go.
1: You don't
2: know until you test it, but I think I, I really believe I'd run in there even if I didn't have a weapon. I believe him.
0: <laughs> Later in yeah, the day? Sure. White House press secretary. Captain Bonespurs
3: is going to go running in there.
0: Sarah Huckabee Sanders walked (laughs) back his boast. She said, quote, I think he was just stating that as a leader, he would have stepped in and hopefully been able to help a lot of the individuals that helped protect others that day were not carrying firearms. End quote. She added that in that sort of situation, Trump would want to take courageous action.
2: See, Uh, this is the difficult part of this discussion is it's sort of like, what you think you do and what you'd actually do are are really two different things. It's a it's a different world when you hear that gunfire yeah, raining you're out.
0: Actually faced with it,
2: I like how
3: Sarah Huckabee Sanders just tells everybody all the time, "No, you are silly for taking what he said to mean what he said." He said, "I'm brave. I'm so brave. I'd run in there." Basically, I you know Unarmed. he goes he goes, "You never know," but I'd like to think. No, I I really believe I would go in there even without a gun. And she goes, no, that's not what he meant. Well, that's what he said. So what do we, you know, this stupid game where we argue the dumb crap that the orange guy says all the time and uh, she denies it. And then uh, the people on the right hate the people on the left. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's not supposed to be like this. And the fact that he even brought that up, you know, the, the guy who did everything he could to stay out of Vietnam is now the most is he's Rambo.
0: Well, and don't you remember there was one um, campaign stop, and I think it was in Ohio, that there was a guy with a gun or made a banging noise or something, and he, like, ducked and ran? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember when the and eagle... And he was surrounded by Secret <clears throat> Service agents Which is
2: Which is a normal reaction. Right.
0: Yes, completely. So to say <laughs> that you would run in to gunfire unarmed, a little stretch, maybe. And look, eagle
3: I mean, made him shoot across <laughs> the room because it went... <laughs> I mean, give me a... Nobody believes that.
0: He, and nobody would expect anybody to do that. No. We're just run no, unarmed. Nobody,
2: nobody outside him would say that. I'm going to go ahead and let's just say... Let's leave
3: this up to the people who've actually been in combat to hear what they have to say. Law enforcement, military personnel. And they will tell you, you have to be trained. It takes a special kind of person. And it's not the $30,000 a year math teacher.
2: And you do That's no what good military if you just people run say. in on a suicide mission without a weapon. No, what are you it's, how are you going to engage a shooter?
3: Let the teachers teach and let, let's just let's just hope a whole lot of brave trumps come around for us.
2: It's it's not like a rodeo clown situation where you come <laughs> in and you go, "Hey, over here Why I got a there? red flag. Come on. Chase me down the hall." just that it's,
3: this is the first thing you would think to do that i mean that's the other part of it that is so egregious to me is there are other things you can do to com- to stop school shootings to make them way less likely the first step should not be well we have to we have to arm everybody i mean it's it well was a- no it,
2: but you know it, it's sort of getting us away from like okay well let's talk about things that can be effective like i was thinking about this like forget about arming teachers that's I mean, honestly, it's almost like I, I would dismiss that out of hand. How about the people that are the the officers or the you know the the guys that are there with the weapons that are guarding the school already? How about we get them some extra training? Because obviously, that you know that didn't well, work well, again, out. Again, well.
3: that's my point. We're spending all this time talking about something that it should we shouldn't even consider much less it be the first thing we're thinking about.
0: Well, and I saw one teacher post that maybe one thing that we could do is supply schools with more money to get school counselors so they can help kids who are troubled. This kid Definitely.
3: could not have been more of a red flag.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody that they talk to or interview, they're like, yeah, that kid was a nightmare.
0: How did that? How did this happen?
2: How? Uh, you can't stop it, people when, like that from When he guns. was
0: basically screaming for help.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Didn't the, he call 911 on himself? Yes,
0: right after his mother died. He basically said, hey, I'm really uh, struggling here. I need now, help.
3: Even if it was a couple of years ago when mentally ill people couldn't purchase AR-15s, it's inexcusable that this kid would have fallen through the cracks to the point that he did. I the, have no idea how this stuff
4: happens.
0: And the Broward County Sheriff's Office is investigating why three of its deputies remained outside a South Florida high school during the shooting. Sheriff Scott Israel told NBC News the department's internal affairs division is working to determine whether those deputies stayed outside Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School when they should not have. Statement came several days after Israel announced the resignation of Scott Peterson, the high school's armed security officer who was caught on camera as never having entered the building where the mass shooting occurred. His lawyer released a statement yesterday claiming at first he thought it was firecrackers and then thought the shooting was coming from outside the school. Mayor Bill Peduto wants more money to fix Pittsburgh's bumpy streets. The mayor is introducing new legislation to increase the city's resurfacing budget by $800,000. And uh, we certainly could use it if approved. I don't think it's enough. Yeah, that increase would uh, cover resurfacing about 50 additional city blocks, which, like you said, Bill, is probably not enough.
2: I mean, it is a war zone out there. Like Crane Street, the street you take to get from Banksville to whatever that is on the other side of it. Crane Avenue. It is, oh my God, it's a disaster.
3: I, You know, I I actually have some... uh, Sympathy for the streets department. This is a weather-related thing. It's oh yeah when it's that cold and then we had a lot of snow
0: this winter, and
3: then it warms up
2: the way it has. That's just what's going to happen.
0: A lot of salt on the roads. And
2: I drove by a pothole that was so big there was a Chinese guy in it. Not like it was so deep that it was in China. It was just an Asian guy that worked for the water company. But I was like, (laughs) that's a deep pothole. You need some help out. Double take. (laughs)
5: How
0: long can you stand being on hold with customer service before you lose your patience? According to a new survey, the average American can tolerate listening to on-hold music for about nine minutes.
2: Yeah, I I was about to say my breaking point is ten minutes.
0: Uh, Millennials go for eleven, baby boomers eight minutes. Uh, The survey also found the biggest source of frustration for people on the phone with customer service was being transferred to several people. Then again, 80% of people surveyed said having a pleasant, friendly agent could make all the difference. A week after news broke that Lisa Marie (laughs) Presley is $6 million in the red, she's suing her former manager for creating such a financial hole. Us Weekly reports she is suing Barry Siegel over a $24.5 million investment in the parent company of TV's American Idol. Core Entertainment went bankrupt two years ago, erasing the value of Presley's stock. Court documents claim Siegel never provided Lisa with the required accounting at the time of the court deal, and Siegel reportedly led Lisa to believe she was in good shape with her finances. Hinting at other fiscal missteps, Presley is actually suing the manager for $100 million. Siegel counters that Presley has uncontrollable spending habits and is filing suit against her, her money problems surfaced during the divorce from fourth husband Michael Lockwood, hmm. in which Lisa Marie claimed to be sixteen million in debt. The couple have nine-year-old twin daughters. Split in June of 2016 after a decade-long marriage. How is
3: Elvis's daughter broke? Uh,
0: How does she well, keep
3: getting married? Like, you, is
0: if you believe her manager, she has uncontrollable spending habits.
2: Is there a cutoff? Like, is there a certain amount of of marriages that that don't work out that. The magistrate just looks at you, or you know, wherever when you go to file for your license, that they just say, "You know what, you're cut off." You're um, bad at this. <laughs> be in any relationship you want to be in. We we support you. We we hope you're happy, but uh, we're not going to support this anymore. Uh, she's. Uh, I feel bad for her. She's a wreck. Oh, she's like a it. mess. Can you imagine though, like her, what her spending habits must be? <laughs> oh my god. Well, wasn't she married to Michael Jackson?
0: No. I don't think they were ever married. I think they had some weird dates. <laughs>
3: they had that super awkward kiss that <laughs> happened.
0: At the was it the MTV Awards yeah. or oh, Grammys?
3: Yeah. It
2: looked like the kiss on Shape of Water. <laughs> I, I like think all the river monsters kissing the girl. <laughs> Angelina Jolie kissing her brother was less creepy. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: And finally, a stylist who says Ryan Seacrest sexually harassed her is now going into detail about the allegations. Susie Hardy is Seacrest's former wardrobe stylist at E! E-new and News and says he repeatedly grabbed her inappropriately back in 2008. The claims of sexual misconduct were first leveled publicly last fall. He denied the allegations and said that... If he made the woman feel anything but respected, he is truly sorry. E said an investigation found insufficient evidence to support the claims. Also among the claims is that Seacrest repeatedly hugged Hardy in nothing but his underwear and slapped her on the rear end. Sunny today, mid-50s, 30 overnight. It's 30 now at DVE. All right.
3: <laughs> DVE morning show. Comedian Mitch Hedberg would have been 50 years old this past weekend.
6: One time a guy handed me a picture of him and said, here's a picture of me when I was younger. Every picture of you when you were younger. Here's a picture of me when I'm older. How'd you pull that off? Let me see that camera. What's it look like?
3: Yeah,
5: he, uh, of course, tragically died.
3: He, um... He would have turned 50, and Uprox did this great article with Mike Berbiglia, and I talked with, with Birbiglia yesterday. We're going to try to get him on the show either tomorrow or the day after to talk about it because he opened nice. for Mitch for a number of years. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He cut his teeth open and for Mitch. And so it's this whole story of just how great Mitch is, just as a reminder, and he certainly has a, a devoted following. The one thing that I found interesting is he hated being known as a one-liner guy, that yeah. he was more than that, of or that he was Stephen Wright. Uh, he loved Stephen Wright, but he, he wanted to be seen as something more than that. His ideas were a little more complex than just uh, the turn of words.
6: You know, when it comes to racism, people say, I don't care if they're black, white, purple, or green. <laughs> oh, hold on now. <laughs> purple or green. You got to draw the line somewhere. (laughs) To hell with purple people. (laughs) Unless they're suffocating. (laughs) Then help
3: them. He's one of the most unique guys and that delivery was just so Mm -hmm. hilarious. Iconic. Um, One of my favorite stories they tell in this uh, recap of, of Mitch's career. He did a show at a theater one time and the promoter was trying to wring every dollar out of the show, so he put seats behind the stage. <laughs> so there was like, you know, twelve seats, like behind oh, the stage. Man. And so Mitch was like, you know, what is this? So he uh, he went out on stage and he only performed for the twelve people, and he turned his back.
2: <laughs> That's awesome to
3: the uh, to the rest of the audience.
6: They say the recipe for Sprite is lemon and lime, but I tried to make it at home. There's more to it than the act. <laughs> I like refried beans. That's why I want to try fried beans, because maybe they're just as good and we're wasting time. You don't have to fry them again after all. I eat a lot of sandwiches. Who doesn't, man? Sandwiches are easy to eat. But I hate sandwiches at New York delis. It's like a cow with a cracker on either side. What would you like, sir? A pastrami sandwich. Anything else? Yeah, a loaf of bread and some other people. (laughs) I order the club sandwich all the time, and I'm not even a member, man. I don't know how I get away with it. (laughs) I I like my sandwiches with three pieces of bread. So do I. Well, let's form a club then. (laughs) Okay, but we need some more stipulations. Yes, we do. Instead of cutting the sandwich once, let's cut it again. Yes, four triangles. And we will position them into a circle. And in the middle, we will dump chips. Or a potato salad. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about frilly toothpicks? I'm them. <laughs> <laughs> frilly toothpicks. Well, this club is them. <laughs> Spread the word on menus nationwide.
3: He uh, couldn't overcome his uh, opioid habit, man. He was a nah. heroin addict, and uh, it, it killed him, and it was a real drag, which is what makes me so sad about what's happening with Artie right now because we're just watching it happen. Yeah.
2: Uh, did,
3: did you ever see Mitch live? Yeah. He was in studio a couple of times, and he awesome um he the last time he was here he was did with he bring the, his wife yeah they she opened for him but it was the, the morning after um michael jackson did the interview with martin Bashir, in which he was oh, like wow of course i, I sleep with girl yeah uh, yeah it's like finding neverland I, I, or something on I bbc do. yeah And uh, we were just kicking it around on the air and just how, you know, crazy that that whole scenario seemed at the time and and now. But during the commercial break, his wife tried to convince us. you know, that she's very sort of, you know, hippie chick. Very, very nice. Very sweet. And she was like, you know, maybe he's looking at the right way and we're looking at it the wrong way. Maybe. We shouldn't be afraid to hug our kids more and, and and sleep with them and show them love all the time. And you know, she was just sort of going on this, you know, maybe he's doing it the right way kind of uh, tangent. And Mitch was like, "No, baby, that guy's crazy. Like, <laughs> like, he's just like trying to tell her to shut up." <laughs> like, nah, I
2: dig what you're getting at, but <laughs> that guy's just nuts. Man, I saw him in Santa Barbara at a theater. It's the best comedy show I think I've ever seen. Why do you think he had that impact on people? Was it because he looked like a rock star kind of dude? He oh, looked like definitely. Kurt Cobain. Yeah. And and he was living the real life of it. I mean, you're talking about his addiction. He, sure he, he was, I was working, I, I was going to Emerson. It was my final uh, semester at college in LA. And I was uh, working at APA, um, which is a management company that represented Louis Black at the time. And at the time there was this Comedy Central tour and Mitch Hedberg was opening, Dave Attell was featuring, and Lewis Black was closing. So I went up to Santa Barbara to represent the company and see the show, and Mitch came out, was so funny, he found, like, these little mini bananas backstage and did, like, 10 minutes on them. He was (laughs) like, you don't... Slip and fall on these bananas, you just lose your balance. And I was like, Oh my god, it's hilarious. <laughs> and so but he at the time, I remember Lewis Black coming in and saying, like, this kid is so messed up. He he was gonna have to get his foot amputated at some point because he was shooting heroin in between yeah. his toes oh because that's the best vein he could find. And at the time of the tour, he was he had kicked heroin and was drinking a liter of vodka before every show. So by the time that the show was done, I went backstage to to talk to Attell and Lewis Black and, and meet Mitch Hedberg and he had already been like carried out of there. Like he was uh, destroyed and already passed out on the tour bus. And I was just like, man, that guy is so good. Why does he think he needs to do yeah. this? And I was... But deep-seated. That's that's the addiction. Yeah.
6: I get the Reese's candy bar. If you read that name, Reese's, that's an apostrophe S. Reese's, apostrophe S on the end of that name. That means the candy bar is his. I didn't know that. (laughs) Next time you're reading a Reese's candy bar and a guy named Reese comes by and says, let me have that, you better hand it over. (laughs) I'm sorry, Reese. I didn't think I'd ever run into you. (laughs) You're a bully, man. (laughs) Let me at least have a piece The Kit Kat can never has the name Kit Kat imprinted into the chocolate. That robs you of chocolate. (laughs) That's a clever chocolate saving technique. I go down to the factory. You owe me some letters.
3: Mitch would have been 50 this past weekend and uh, comedy misses him. No doubt about it. We're going to take a quick break. Mike Pursuta coming in with your sports GMJR. He stands pat at the trade deadline, makes one uh, small move. Uh, for uh, organizational depth, but uh, did not bring in the big D prospect, not prospect, but the the, the, uh, the big uh, addition. Defensively, that a lot of Penguins fans were hoping for. Mike uh, will analyze that. The new, new grandpa, Mike Pursuta when we come back. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Congratulations, first of all, to the well, new addition you. to your hey, family. Thanks. Congrats, Mike. Thank
7: you. Everybody's Happy doing days. well, so that's the most important thing, but everybody's pretty... Uh, Excited! First time you pulled the all-nighter uh,
3: in the uh, delivery room? Oh, I wasn't in the delivery room. Well, I, not in the room, but I mean, <laughs> no, in the waiting hospital, room.
7: waiting. Yeah, you know what? It turned out to be uh, relatively <laughs> quick and easy from what I'm told. And uh, everything came out the way it's supposed to, and uh, we're all pretty excited. Thanks. Deal. Penguins are uh, relatively excited as well. It was uh, a calm uh, coming and going of the NHL trade deadline yesterday at 3 o'clock, but General Manager Jim Rutherford had already made the signature move via the acquisition of Derek Brassard, and Rutherford announced yesterday that the Penguins are ready to compete for that third consecutive Stanley Cup.
1: A couple of things today. We acquired Josh Joris from Carolina. Uh, a little more insurance, a little more depth at Center Ice. Um, and then we are almost to the end, or are very close to getting uh, Patrick Hornquist's uh, contract extension. So those were the two biggest things today, of course a couple of days ago adding Derek Broussard, that was kind of our trade deadline uh, deal. Um, so when you go back over the course of the season we add uh, Sheehan, Alexiak and Brassard, and now Joris certainly makes our team stronger and and as a group as we talked through it last night and today uh we feel we have a real strong team and uh good enough ready to ready to compete
7: now the penguins parted ways with greg McKegg to acquire juris who was assigned to ahl wilkes barre scranton Uh, you heard rutherford Uh, Mentioned the Hornquist extension. That's for a reported five years with an annual value of $5.3 million. Uh, Quite a step for a guy who turned 31 on January the 1st. But uh, the way that Broussard deal went down and (laughs) all the salary cap space that Vegas is responsible for in that trade, the Penguins have the room to uh, make such a move, and they uh, enthusiastically made it. Uh, Matt Murray took a puck to the head in practice yesterday and left early. Uh, he is to be reevaluated this morning. The Penguins recalled goaltender Casey Desmith from Wilkes-Barre Scranton and sent Tristan Jerry and forward Dominic Simon
3: back. If that back. is a concussion, mm-hmm. back
7: to the HL Penguins. How many concussions
3: has he had? I do not know. It seems like he's he, he's got a handful of them.
7: After only a couple of years in the NHL. I mean... we will say, I think guys get hit with pucks in practice all the time, and you usually take the conservative approach when that happens. Goaltenders in particular. But, uh, yeah, it's a valid point. Uh, Does the goalie transaction yesterday lead you to believe he's going to be okay? Sending Jerry down and calling to Smith off. I
2: was just going to ask you that, Mike.
7: Is there a controversy for backup goalie? Seems like it. Rutherford said yesterday he's got confidence in both those guys, but you know you only can use one of them at a time. There seems to be a lot of back and forth going on there.
2: Jerry was in that against the Panthers, right? Uh, briefly, when he, he got chased. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> didn't have a great. Night. I think
7: he was in there for a little while. Yeah, yeah, Yari. He, was the, he was the guy fishing it out.
2: Jari, did I just totally Pittsburgh his name?
7: Jerry, you know that Jerry? Jerry was up there, right? One move Rutherford uh, wasn't able to make <laughs> yesterday was the acquisition of another. NHL defenseman, uh, adept guy, a Ron Hainsey type. Uh, apparently there was not uh, such a deal to be made, and uh, consequently Rutherford and the Penguins are prepared to forge ahead with what they have on defense. I think uh,
1: I, I would say yes. Um, you know, in our meeting last night leading up to today with the full group, uh, we felt confident in our seven guys and a few guys that we have in Wilkes-Barre. Um, I don't want to suggest that we didn't talk to teams about defensemen today, but it was more for depth and insurance. Um, and so, um, so yeah, you can you can say it's a vote of confidence for the group of seven:
7: Chad Ruido, Ole Mata, Justin Schultz, Jamie Alexiak, Brian Dumelin. Matt Hunwick and Chris Letang—that is going to be your playoff D. Failing, they need to call somebody up from AHL Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Pens have the Devils tonight at seven o'clock uh, on your Pens flagship 105.9 The X at the PPG Arena. Penguins are 13 and five against the Metropolitan Division. They're 17 five and one in their last 23 games, and uh, they have won 11. 11- consecutive home games that is the third longest home winning streak in franchise history the uh, pertinent results from last night uh, the blue jackets beat the capitals 5 to 1 philadelphia beat montreal 1 to nothing in a shootout and tampa bay beat toronto 4 to 3 how they stack up in the metropolitan division it's the flyers with 78 points the caps with 77 the pens with 76 And the Devils with 72 points. Philadelphia, Washington, and Pittsburgh have all played 63 games. New Jersey has played 62. How about Philadelphia being in first place? Yeah, what's going on there? In late February. And uh, a a trade to uh, ponder, if you will. Uh, Tampa Bay. Yeesh. Acquired defenseman Ryan McDonough and forward J.T. Miller. They loaded up, Mike. Big trade with the Rangers. They gave up one guy from their major league roster center, Vladislav Nemestikov, who's a pretty good player, but they got two real good players in return. And Yeah, they did. Uh, Steve Eiserman shoving his chips into the middle of the table, just like Jim Rutherford. This is the showdown. Maybe. Yeah, that team is scary. Maybe. Uh, Tampa Bay's had a fine season, and their goaltender looks lights out. And they've been close the last couple years. And They can score so quick. That team scared the lights out of me last year. It's a little talented team. So it's going to be a fun run. First things first, Pens and the Devils tonight at the PPG Paints Arena. West Virginia checked in at number twenty in the AP Top Twenty Five College Basketball Poll yesterday. Then went out and beat number twelve Texas Tech eighty four to seventy four in Morgantown. Bob Huggins' team improves to twenty two and eight overall, eleven and six in the Big Twelve. Number five Duke loses at Virginia Tech. Uh, your top five, Virginia, Michigan State, Xavier, Villanova, and Duke as of yesterday afternoon. Kansas, Gonzaga, Purdue, North Carolina, and Cincinnati rounded out the top ten. And the Pirates uh, were 13-2 losers to the Red Sox yesterday in Bradenton, Ivan Nova. Two innings pitched, uh, three hits, three runs, only one of them earned. Sean Rodriguez had his first spring training home run. The Bucs are 0-3-1 on the spring. They have the Braves in Orlando today. Stephen Brault scheduled to get the start. Mike Pursued, you're a little nervous about that defense core. Yeah, well, aren't
3: you? The bottom of it. I mean, Hunwick is not supposed to be. Was never supposed to be the answer. But now, you're. You know. Yeah, well, you can't have everything. I, I, I know that he weighed what he would rather have. There's going to be some. You're really banking on Murray to have. Yeah. A, a, a postseason that you know, he, he has to steal a couple games here and there.
7: If I had been Rutherford, I would have really tried hard not to delete from my major league roster. I.e., I would have tried to keep Ian Cole. Yeah. Or Connor Sherry, who they ended up keeping. Uh, Cole wound up in Columbus, by the way. Yeah, I know. Bounced around uh, th- a little bit. That might get interesting. But that said, I would have made that Broussard trade. We'll talk. Well, we'll- no, that, uh,
3: definitely.
7: Definitely. But I mean, that's it. Wasn't like a freebie trade where they didn't give anything up. And no, it hurt. Yeah, they got the a really good player who should be an outstanding fit. But
2: and a guy who has a two hundred foot game, Mike. I mean, he's a he's a responsible player. He gets back on defense.
7: Yeah. No, he's always been better in the playoffs than he has been in the regular season, and he's usually pretty good in the regular season. He was on the Rangers team that went to the final and lost to the Kings. couple years ago he was on the ottawa team it was an overtime goal away from going to the final at the penguins expense last year and it's i think if that's available you got to make that happen but there's a there's a little bit of a a price to be paid there and uh, hopefully it's not something they can't afford we'll talk with seth
3: Seth Robar from the athletic next hour foul has news top of the hour what are you talking about
0: Well, Juju Smith-Schuster helping kids get prom dates, and we'll hear the first posthumous release from Chris Cornell, sunny mid-50s today. It's 30 at DVE. It's
3: a DVE morning show. Randy Bauman, along with Al Porter, Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuta, a transgender male wrestler, won his second straight Texas girls, A 110-pound division title this past Sunday. Mac Beggs, 18-year-old senior at Euless Trinity High School, just north of Arlington, so that's outside of Dallas, Mm-hmm. entered the state tournament last week with a perfect record. On Sunday, he beat Chelsea Sanchez, who he also beat in the championship last season to take the 110-pound title. Uh-oh. Confused? Yes. Fans had mixed reactions. A loud chorus of boos could be heard when Beggs was named state champion. It definitely felt different, <clears throat> Beggs said. I felt a lot more humble. This year I wanted to prove a point that anyone can do anything, even though I was put in this position, even though I didn't want to be put in this position, even though I wanted to wrestle the guys, I still had to wrestle the girls.
2: He had to wrestle the girls.
0: You could just not wrestle.
2: What what was he born? <laughs> no, he's making a point. What gender? He... What gender was he born as?
3: What can I tell people? I can tell the state legislature to change the policy. But I can't tell them to change it right now. All I can hope for is that they come to their senses and realize this is stupid and we should, we should change the policies to conform to other people in my position. Under University Interscholastic League rules, athletes must complete in their gender division that corresponds to their birth certificates. He was born female. Okay, Mackenzie Identified as male. I mean, if you look at...
0: I thought it was the other way around. I thought he was born male. and
3: That's how male he looks. He's male. This is, I mean, you know... May so have he been went
0: female to male,
2: and he's taking testosterone. I I, I assume Wait that's where the controversy is. Now hold comes on, in. here's the thing: he was born female, Mackenzie.
3: He identified as male. He has not yet had gender reassignment surgeries, so that means he's got camel toe when he's wrestling.
0: But he lives as a male.
3: Yeah, he looks like a. I mean, he looks like an 18 year old kid. Yeah, he does. He, he looks, looks like he
2: looks, looks like a dude. Looks
3: like yeah, kind of like a whoop ass wrestler dude. Um, the Dallas Morning News reports he recently consulted with a Plano, Texas clinic and hopes to have top surgery in the near future, which I'm guessing would be to whatever, put the egg roll on whatever breasticles he might've had there. Beggs beat three female wrestlers en route to his state title. At least one of whom has said she doesn't think it's fair that Beggs gets to wrestle in the girls division.
0: I'm just impressed. There's a girls division of wrestling. Like there are that (laughs) many girls wrestling.
3: I think there may be in Western Pennsylvania. I'm sure Could there is.
0: Could
3: be. I understand if you want to transition your gender, Cypress Ranch wrestler Kayla Fitz said, who went 52-0 this season before falling to begs in the semifinal. I understand that totally. But there's a time and a place you can do that after high school. Or if you want to do it, you can quit the sport because I don't think it's fair that you're taking testosterone. That's steroids. I know it's not a lot, but still. Bakes that's ha-
2: that's where the controversy is.
3: Biggs has been taking low-dose testosterone injections prescribed by his doctor since his freshman year, well, that was not made public till last January. He's allowed to take the testosterone, even though the state and UIL rules prohibit their use by high school athletes because they are dispensed, described, prescribed, delivered, and administered by medical practitioner for a medical purpose. Now, here's the thing. He's trying to make the point that I want to wrestle the dudes because look at me, I'm a dude. Even though I know I was born that way, whatever. I'm clearly now, I'm a guy. Mm -hmm. So he has physical advantages because of the testosterone shots and uh, whatever biological uh, imperative that won't take over for him and fully make him a woman or whatever. I don't know. I have a hard time understanding all this. All I know is it's a real thing. So. People are upset because they're like, it's not fair. He's compiled 132-9 and nine record over the last three seasons. Hasn't lost a match in two years. Currently has a scholarship offered to a small college where he's promised a spot on the men's wrestling team. Now, it does look still. I mean, he looks like a, a guy. Muscular, 100, 110 pounds. You know, he's short, and, you know, scrappy wrestler did.
2: See, to me, this doesn't fall under the the context of supporting somebody's life decision or supporting who they want to be. This is, this is sort of that weird zone where you're getting into a competition now and you're, you're taking testosterone. And so I just feel like, I don't know. I I'm kind of with the controversy on this. Like, I don't, I don't think he should be allowed to wrestle girls. It's not fair. He's trying to make the point. Yeah.
3: Look, it's not fair. Why are you making me do this? I'm going to do this, even though it's not fair, until you let me
7: wrestle wrestle with, with the men,
3: which they never did, and now he's graduating and it's over
2: with. This is such a new thing, though. But don't you... Uh, How could it be fair right out of the gates? I think there's this people new are trying understanding to figure it out.
3: of people who are transgender now, even in Texas. People are starting to understand. Nobody would, would would just want this for no reason. That there is some. There's a
0: lot that comes with. There's it. There's
3: something in your brain. I mean, it's very fair to think that you that many people develop a very small percentage, by and large, but they something gets you know happens a little differently. Wires get crossed. Yeah, for lack of a better way of saying it, chromosomes get mixed up. Something. And uh, then it occurs to the person, "Hey, I'm not living my true identity." Okay, there are other people who are never going to believe that, and they're always going to think, "Well, they're just weirdos,"
2: and that's it. But <laughs> this guy was just beating the crap out of girls. See, I-, I think competition is outside that box. Like it's, and I don't mean that. Like that's no pun intended. <laughs> I just mean that that you kind of have to like. You can be who you want to be. But as far as sport is concerned, we have to figure out how we're going to deal with this first.
3: But what if he, b- by doing that, was able to spur the change that he was looking to have done? That, that he was, just might. That was what he was attempting to do. I just don't understand how people can't be a little more lenient when they say like, hey, are you actively undergoing gender
2: reassignment? How many other
3: girls are going to want to wrestle guys?
2: See, to me, this is a much more interesting debate than the bathroom thing. Because the bathroom, to me, was a non-starter. Like, I I thought it was a non-issue. I I just didn't see the problem with somebody going to a different bathroom. But if we're talking about competition, well, now we got a debate. Mm -hmm. Because this kid is taking testosterone. Right. Which is giving him different levels, and that's, I mean, basically a performance enhancer. Haven't there been female kickers down in Texas, place kickers on high school teams? Probably. Wasn't there one in that one movie, uh, that 90s movie? <laughs> yes. Kathy Ireland? Yes.
3: What the hell is that <laughs> what movie? What the hell was that
2: movie? The Armadillas? That was the team name. Yeah. Unnecessary roughness. This past
3: December, a female place kicker made Texas high school football history in a state title game win. Keelani Nava booted nine extra points, becoming the first female to score in a state title game. So they didn't have a problem with it there in Texas. Why would you let her play with the dudes, but not, you know, look, that gets blocked. She has to tackle now. Mm-hmm. But then, but then you wouldn't let the guy who's taking testosterone. That's what I don't understand. Uh-uh. Is once he was just whipping the girls around, why were they like, all right, time out. Okay, hold on. <laughs> you know what? All right. Mac, wrestle with the boys. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no,
2: put your sports bra on. Get over there. Yeah, this is tough. I don't think it is tough. I think he wrestles with the boys. That's it. But anatomically, he's a he's a female. Not for much longer, and he's taking hormone, uh, you injections. know,
3: injections to to change it. If your daughter
2: had to wrestle that dude, wouldn't you be like, no,
3: no way, right? Tell him to go wrestle
2: with the boys. I'm really hoping my daughters don't choose <laughs> wrestling. <laughs>
3: It's very complicated. I understand. I just think that this is you're and you're right, Bill. This might be the way to debate all this competition,
2: because that's, I mean, that's that's a serious debate. Because mm-hmm. now you're talking about the fairness of sport. Because wasn't there wasn't there a transgender MMA fighter that was beating the snot out of the females? Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She was a male, and 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 then went into gender reassignment surgery and now fights as a female.
3: Something like that. But
2: she still, she looks like
3: a guy. All I know is we should have nipped this in a bud a long time ago when Andy Kaufman started wrestling women. (laughs) Foul's got news coming up next. What do you got?
0: We're going to hear the first posthumous release from Chris Cornell.
3: Talking pens with Seth Rohrbaugh from The Athletic 715.
0: 30 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Express. An inmate at SCI Somerset is accused of beating a corrections officer to death. Investigators say 22-year-old Paul Kendrick of Pittsburgh approached Sergeant Mark Bazerman on February 15th while he was sitting at a desk in a housing unit day room. Officers say Kendrick severely assaulted Bazerman and injured a second officer who tried to stop that beating. Uh, The uh, corrections officer died from those injuries yesterday. Kendrick is already facing a life sentence for first-degree murder. In just his first season playing pro football, wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster has become a fan favorite, and he really became a favorite of a New Jersey high school junior named Kate Bauer. Uh, Juju agreed to help her get a date to the prom. (laughs) She reached out to Juju on Instagram to see if he would help her ask her friend Brian, who happens to be a big Steelers fan, to go to the prom. Sure enough, Juju agreed and surprised Brian with a FaceTime call. Well, Brian was understandably quite excited about uh, the epic promposal, and uh, he did agree to go to the prom with his friend Kate.
2: They're probably just going to talk about Juju the whole time. Juju's the perfect
3: person to ask for stuff like that. Like... He loves being involved. Oh yeah!
2: Got to go to the prom with this girl. It's gonna be lit.
3: <laughs> Maybe he'll cook dinner beforehand, <laughs> and then Maybe. like he can uh, take him in one of those like pedicabs
2: <laughs> where he bikes. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you feel like you need a big change in life? You just want to go somewhere and start all over. Well, the loan company LendingTree just released the results of a new survey that found the best cities for getting that completely fresh start. Rankings are based on things like rent prices, the job market, the percentage of single people, and how friendly they are to people with debt. 10 best cities if you want to start over. Buffalo.
2: <laughs> Is this like witness protection program starting <laughs> over or what are we talking here?
0: Minneapolis, Salt Lake City, austin hartford san diego milwaukee baltimore boston and richmond boy some of those so are the really
3: high cost of living towns oh yeah the boston th- is so expensive so, uh, san diego I, I imagine I san imagine. diego yeah
0: the 10 worst are birmingham <laughs> riverside california miami orlando chicago charlotte los angeles nashville and atlanta
3: my brother has lived in orlando for like 30 years and honest to god I cannot stand it down there. I get why people like it. It's just not the weather's not I enough knew. for me.
2: Is it Yeah, I just feel like I've never been to Orlando other than going to to Disney World. Is it just the rest of the the whole town is just in the shadow of the the big mouse ears or what? Yeah. It's
3: all parks. I mean, it has changed considerably. They definitely have a downtown scene now, and it's it's a different city than it was a long time ago, but uh, when it was like, it seemingly was just strictly parked, but you can't get away from the fact that there are so many transients and tourists. Yeah, it's just a tourist mm-hmm. town. That it ends up not having like the culture. I don't know. Even There's like, no
2: soul to it.
3: No. T- I think St. Pete has the best soul of Florida. Oh,
2: St. Pete's awesome. Yeah. My yeah. best friend from college lives down there. Right across the pond from Tampa, so you can go into the city if you want to get into something. But great music scene, so quiet and Mm -hmm. just beautiful.
0: Police are looking, and it's on the water.
3: If you're going to move to Florida, wouldn't you want to be on the water? Yeah, being in central Florida kind of stinks.
0: Police are looking for a Spanish burglar who used a sex toy to smash an adult store display case and steal two solid gold vibrators. The dirty deed went down in Barcelona last week when the man who is still at large broke into the love shop, which is marketed as a different kind of sex shop, which sells a variety of items that give quote-unquote new sensations. Police say he apparently knew exactly what he was looking for since he grabbed the rubberized device and headed straight for a locked (laughs) case containing the store's most expensive items. He succeeded in breaking the cabinet and stealing the two golden gadgets valued at more than ten thousand dollars each what so i don't know if he's gonna sell them or use them but he left all the chargers behind use them. so
2: yikes no you don't use a ten thousand dollar dildo right that goes in the uh, the dildo display case that's in the china cabinet yeah that's only for one company <laughs> For <comes> good company
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: if you have any dignitaries from another country yeah. or something you want to offer Gift them the, a- the best give them the nice dildo yeah
0: uh, seems there are a lot of celebrities with financial issues these days. Villain Vanilla Ice being accused by his estranged wife, Laura Van Winkle, of hiding millions from her lawyers in their divorce case. She accuses Robert Van Winkle, who is Vanilla Ice. Mm-hmm of transferring millions in assets into the name of his company, Van VanRap LTD. The legal argument, a little complicated, but basically she thinks the assets were joint marital property and that he's been using his company to hide them. She filed for divorce in October of 2016. Come
2: on, you can't hide that cool as ice money from me. <laughs> I know that money grossed over $800. $800. <laughs>
0: And a quarter million dollars a year, apparently not enough for Kevin Federline, who is asking Britney Spears to hike his child support payments from that lowball amount. KFED, who was married to Britney from 2004 to 2007, wants to renegotiate a support deal that uh, ups his 20 grand a month because Britney is earning a lot more now than when they split. Federline supports himself. I guess if you could call it that, through Doing occasional what? personal appearances and reality show gigs. He says twenty grand is not enough to help him care for sons Jaden and Sean, who he has partial custody of. Twenty grand per month? Mm-hmm. According to TheBlast.com, KFED's lawyers did not offer up a specific figure, but noted that the custody papers specify the kids should live the same lifestyle under his roof as Brittany's and she is making $15 million a year.
2: Two things about KFED shocked me. Number one, that he hasn't been a guest bartender or a tequila cowboy. And <laughs> yeah, number uh... two, that he's not from Carrick. How is that guy not from Carrick? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh my. the idea
3: that you'd live under the same conditions with both parents, that's nice. But the reality is, if you're a child of divorce... One parent's place sucks all the time. Yeah. And my mom's place when my parents got divorced, my mom's houses sucked. For like fifteen years, we were like, <laughs> oh, we don't want to go there. <laughs> and she knew it and she was pissed, but you know, she kept trying to like make it better. I get I I, I totally get it. But she was you know, she got kind of screwed, but that, that's how it goes. My, yeah, but here's the difference. My, my my dad had no food. None. There was no food in the place, but my mom had all the
2: food, but she didn't have a good TV and she didn't have video games. <laughs> really? That made the whole world a difference. It, your home TV is everything. Cause you could, you could totally eat at your friend's
3: house. <laughs> so my poor mom was like, you know, for the first part of it, there's always, ah, oh, that, that bedroom stinks. Well, she wasn't
0: getting 20 grand a month, was she? Pfft, like cave no that is, I mean, come on, that's, let's, let's get real. That's her. a
3: lot of dough. K-Fed. Imagine how many hours a day that guy's playing video games.
0: All of them?
2: Yeah. <laughs> All he does is play video games. When sp- he's eight. not making a Newport run. Do you think he just has like a vape helmet? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he just presses a button and it fills up the helmet. <laughs> yeah, He's wearing the Martian hat from uh, from that Matt Damon movie. Just yeah, filled my. with s- smoke.
0: And uh, finally, the first posthumous track from Chris Cornell is out. "You Never Knew My Mind" appears on Johnny Cash Forever Words, uh, the tribute album that has artists using Johnny's previously unreleased poems and lyrics to make new songs. Here's a short clip from the video that's online that shows Cornell recording the song at Cash Cabin Studio in Hendersonville, Tennessee.
5: Oh, the secrets
2: Answer, but well, John Carter Cash just kind of invited me into, uh, into participating in, in this album by uh, sending me a couple of, of lyrics that hadn't been set to music that Johnny had written and told me the story of um, wanting to create an, a, an album of music and a, and a body of work just sort of by, you know, discovery. Oh,
0: Uh, Forecast today, oh, by the way, you can check out the video for the song on the DVE morning show page, dve.com. Johnny Cash for Rewards due out April 6th. Sunny, mid-50s today, 30 overnight. It's 32 at DVE.
3: Seth Roba from The Athletic joining us right now to talk Penguins. Seth, good morning. How are you, man? We're well. Yourself, Randy? Doing all right. Doing all right. So let me ask you something here. The Pens, we got really excited about the Broussard signing the other day, and rightly so. But... GM uh, JR's got a history of making uh, mistakes and then atoning for them big time. And your uh, uh, colleague, Josh Yoey, wrote about it in The Athletic yesterday. Was this one of those mistakes uh, that Rutherford makes, not strengthening the D at the trade deadline?
8: Well, I'm not so much sure it was a mistake as much as just uh, – it was something he tried to do. I mean, he, he knocked on some doors. He, he, you know, called some other GMs. He, he was trying to add some depth. Maybe not necessarily a 6th defenseman, but maybe a seven eighth or ninth defenseman. Because, um, uh, I yeah, I'm not quite sure their, their depth down in Wilkes-Barre or, or wherever is, uh, is all that great. Uh, they have some guys like, you know, Zach Trotman, Kevin Churchman, whoever, that, um, you know, God forbid that you know something would happen to to one of their top six D men. I mean, you're looking at some guys like that, some cast-off retreads like that. That, um, frankly, I don't think they're NHL caliber defenders. So, mm-hmm. um, if that's a mistake, I, I guess you could label that. But uh, one way or another, he, he wasn't able to add to that depth.
3: Well, what do we know about Josh Joris?
8: Uh, more just kind of a he's maybe maybe Carter rowney light, and uh, Carter Rowney himself not a light player as well, but. Uh, um, just a guy who can play some center. A guy who uh, who's played in the NHL had a 12 goal season a couple years ago with Calgary, uh, but never really was able to replicate that success. Uh, uh, he's probably your 14th, 15th forward in your organization in most teams.
7: Seth, how much better did Tampa get, and how much better did Boston get with Nash?
8: Well, I think uh, Nashville. I'm sorry, Nashville. And Gianta.
7: Um, and Gianta.
8: And Gianta. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Tampa probably got the be- better, uh, out of that group there. Um, you know, Ryan McDonough is a, a world-class, uh, you know, shutdown defenseman, uh, add, really adds to their depth here. They, they really've, uh, boosted their blue line, uh, really in, you know, a couple months there, adding him is, you know, going back to the offseason with Sergey Sergeychev too as well, but, um, Uh, Ryan McDonough is a guy who, uh, you know, the Penguins are more than aware of what he's like to play against uh, defensively. But um, as far as Boston as adding uh, quite a bit of depth up front there with Rick Nash and Brian Gianta, I'm not quite sure what Gianta has left. I mean, he didn't look great in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool he was able to play in the Olympics and everything like that. But, but, uh, you know, he's a guy who basically was sitting at home uh, for however many months before, you know, signing a, a minor league deal in Rochester in the American League before going overseas to play in the Olympics. But, yeah, you know, Rick Nash. Again, I'm not the, uh, you know, not to knock him in what he's able to do, but uh, not exactly a player. You know, you look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's a playoff performer there. But, um, you know, certainly a guy that uh, it makes your top six better in most situations. So, um, but uh, no, I, I really like what Tampa was able to do yesterday. Now, well, how was JT Miller?
3: Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh areas. Uh, uh, JT Miller. Wait, what part? He's from uh, Ohio, right? The eastern? yeah. He's, he's he in, like
8: Coriopolis or something. Like okay. That too,
7: but, Trained yeah. in Moon, or yeah, got, he hangs got, out in Moon. Though he's got he's Moon an ties. Honorary He Grew up in East Palestine. <laughs> so now Hunwick is no
3: Ian Cole, but is he up to the challenge that's going to be thrust on him here? And uh, how does that, how does the team alleviate the pressure that might be on a guy like that?
8: Well, I, I, I'm not as down on Matt Hunwick as maybe some other people I know. The, the game in Florida was just awful, uh, not only for him but for the team as well. But um, is a guy who played, you know, okay, uh, in the first handful of months when he was in the lineup? Uh, you know, didn't always look comfortable, maybe kind of being forced to play, uh, on his offside, uh, right at this now, this situation, maybe playing his natural side, the left side, uh, with Jamie Lexiak playing on the, on the right side. So, um, it, at least in that, that regard, you know, he, he'll be set up maybe for more success than he was able to have, uh, in the early stages of the season. But, um, certainly a player that needs to maybe live up more to his billing. He's on a three year deal with. Two million plus a season, um, so the, there's a fair amount of expectations on him, and he needs to play better. Um, again, I'm, I, I'm optimistic. I think he can play much better than, he, than he's shown, but uh, at some point he has to show it. So um, he's, when he's on, he's a steady, you know, unspectacular defenseman. You probably aren't going to notice much mm-hmm. when things are going well. Uh, it's when things are going well you, when you'll probably notice him more.
7: So Carl Hagelin said yesterday, if you're in the mix after sixty games you're legit. The Devils qualify by that standard. Uh, Is this a team we should start to talk about or are they still a level down from the the rest of the division?
8: No, I'm very much on board with the Devils as a playoff threat. Um, Particularly given Corey Schneider and that uh, he's a guy who uh, you know, this is really the first time he's been able to be a number one goaltender on a, on a playoff team. He was kind of always in the mix there in Vancouver many, a couple of years ago, but never was able to, you know, over, oversee overseed uh, Roberto Luongo as the number one goaltender. And, and now he's on a you know a legit playoff threat in New Jersey, and he can be a old go- a goaltender who can really steal a series for you. So um, as powerful and, and, and you know offensively dynamic as the Penguins look right now, um, I, I wouldn't want to run into Corey Schneider and, and a Devils team that. Yeah, I know it's Ray Sherrod's team and it's John Hines, the former wilkes coach, but I mean they're still a very defensive-oriented team. And,
7: yeah, they, they can still uh, put you to sleep, can't they?
8: <laughs> yeah, I mean they can just they mm-hmm. could just suffocate you def- defensively and um, you know really frustrate you in that regard. No matter how offensively uh, talented you are, so. Uh, just based on that standpoint, I, I wouldn't want to face the Devils whatsoever. Uh, just based on how how tough they are defensively.
3: Well, they're going to have to do that tonight. Uh, Hockey night in Pittsburgh. Pens and Devils. Seth Warbaugh from the Athletic this morning on DB. Thanks so much, Seth. Appreciate it, man. All right, work, we'll see guys. You. Take care. It's interesting the way that Jim Rutherford had to dance around looking for a defenseman while at the same time. Giving the, the the guys who are here yeah. a boost of confidence.
7: It's like, no, 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 no. I, you guys are my guys. You didn't expect him to say, "Boy, I really blew it not getting another team." <laughs> guys these right. guys I got are yeah. really shaky.
3: Right. Mike's got your sports when we if come. If Sherry back. wouldn't
2: have been playing so bad, maybe I'd have had something to offer. Exactly.
7: <laughs> you know, I think their goal is you
3: know, to be the worst. Back from the devil. Mike Pursued with your sports right now on the DVE
7: Morning Show. No major moves for the Pens yesterday in advance of the 3 p.m. NHL trade deadline, but their team was uh, already on the ice, in a manner of speaking. Uh, Derek Broussard hasn't gotten here yet. He's still working through the visa issues. Mm -hmm. But the Penguins uh, made the move that they wanted to make uh, over the weekend, acquiring the speedy, two-way, gritty... Better in the playoffs than he is in the regular (laughs) season centerman. And uh, according to defenseman Chris Letang, that's the type of move that serious contenders have to make.
4: We've been playing really well as of late, and uh, we, we were really comfortable with the guys we had in our in our dressing room. Um, but uh, to go all the way, uh, all the way down to June, uh, you have to make a little adjustment. You have to fill those holes you think you have, and um, I think that's what uh, Jim is trying to do.
5: Yeah,
7: Broussard seems to be uh, a perfect fit uh, if he is as advertised. And there's no reason to believe. He won't be. He seems to be exactly what they needed up front. Makes them very formidable up front. Oh, right down the center. Three-plus lines. Come deep. on. Special teams, power play, penalty kill. Uh, guy's got big playoff goals over the years. Uh, he's been on teams that either got to the final or almost did. Uh, he seems to be just what the doctor ordered The defense. Another story, Jim Rutherford talked yesterday about not picking up another defenseman and If you want to interpret that as a vote of confidence for the seven the Penguins already have, go right ahead.
1: I think uh, I I would say yes. Um, You know, in our meeting last night leading up to today with the full group, uh, we felt confident in our seven guys and a few guys that we have in Wilkes-Barre. I don't want to suggest that we didn't talk to teams about defensemen today but it was more for depth and insurance um and so um so yeah you can you can say it's a vote of confidence for the group of 7
3: I think <laughs> I would say yes not exactly the vote of confidence delivered the way you'd want to hear it
7: yeah and again that's a trade if if I was the general manager of the penguins that's a trade I would have made I think even they know that. Understanding that, you know what, you're not going to set your team (laughs) up to where you're a guaranteed juggernaut. You're going to roll through the playoffs Mm -hmm. and and clinch a third cup before you win 16 games. They're going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting in the playoffs, and it's going to leave a mark, and it's going to be a struggle. But they have positioned themselves, I think, as well as they could have hoped to, to give themselves every opportunity to win it. But to your point, before
2: this Broussard trade was made, Mike, you know you really don't want to give up stuff from the on ice roster,
7: and giving up Cole, that's a that's a big piece. Yeah, you know your the the dilemma was: do you stand pat? Is that your best chance? Is your best chance not having Cole but having Broussard, or would your best chance have been having Cole and having Michael Grabner? You know, (sighs) that's a tough call. They worked through it all and they went with Derek Broussard. Usually. You know they say in trades, the team that gets the best player usually wins the trade. Uh-huh. Derek Broussard's a really good player, and he he and it, it's an area where the Penguins needed some help. So you you kick uh, Riley Shea in down to fourth line center now he's probably where he should be, and your third line can be really dangerous. That's uh, that's worked well in playoffs past, right? Having a third line that wound up being yeah, the, the line that nobody could deal with, and they could have another H B K because they were using all their. Good defensive people on the first two lines, you know, to defend that. And if you're Sullivan, you take the forwards aside and you go, hey, we've got to
2: play the right way. Yes. 200 feet, play the right
7: way. Don't turn the puck over at the blue line because we're anorexic on the blue line. It's not that bad, but uh, that's that's the hole, and that's the area people will attack. I imagine you'll see people dumping the puck against the Penguins and trying to pound the D every series. Try to force the D into mistakes. and uh, nothing, nothing new there. They're going to have to find a way to deal with it. Uh, another trade that wasn't made yesterday uh, was a Connor Sherry. Sherry, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> oh, Sherry. Connor Sherry is uh, <laughs> still a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. and General Manager Jim Rutherford insisted yesterday that Sherry, who has not scored a goal since January the 20th, that's a span of 11 straight games, and who has scored one goal in his last 19 games? Rutherford insisted that Sherry will be heard from again.
1: Well, Connor's always a guy that's been able to move up and down the lineup. Uh, he's going through a down period right now, um, you know, trying to get back to a confidence level and find his game. But he's a good player. He's, he's contributed to two Stanley Cups here, uh, he'll contribute to another one, and
7: uh, we have full confidence in him. Contribute to another one, Jim Rutherford. Looking past the entire rest of the regular season <laughs> and the entirety of the <laughs> NHL playoffs, and planning the parade. Pens in the Devils tonight at seven o'clock on your Pens flagship one oh five nine, the X. Uh, the Capitals lose last night. The Flyers win last night, which means that the Flyers are in first place. In the NHL's Metropolitan Division. Yeesh.
2: What do they think? They're the city of champions now.
7: Yeah, they're getting a little eagle buzz. Philadelphia checking in this morning with 78 points through 63 games. Washington has 77. Pittsburgh has 66. And the Devils have 72 points. The Devils have a game in hand on the Flyers, Caps, and Penguins. Matt Murray uh, dinged in practice and yesterday. He's to be evaluated again this morning. Tristan Jarre and Dominic Simone are headed to Wilkes-Barre. Casey DeSmith's coming back up from Wilkes-Barre. And Patrick Hornquist uh, is, is very close to uh, officially securing a five-year deal uh, worth a reported $5.3 million a year. Jim Rutherford said yesterday that could be announced as soon as today, Randall. GMJR. That's huge. For a guy who's only going to stick
3: around for a little bit,
7: certainly has kept himself busy. Yeah, making moves. I don't know about the Hornquist thing either. I mean, I, I it's love, a long time. I love Patrick Hornquist. I think he is on their top line in terms of importance and impact and all that. But he's 31, and he, he plays a Five really years? hard game. and that's, That seems like a long time. But that's how you get him now as opposed to right. wait until he's an unrestricted free agent. Then you dump him in two or three and
3: eat a lot of the contract. Because, again...
7: F the future,
3: <laughs> you know you got to win now with these guys. You got to do whatever you can. It has, you know, yeah.
7: what was that line in? Uh, what was the Travolta disco movie? Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, you don't F the future, Tony. The future F you. I disagree. Go for it. I'm with you. Go for it. Penguin fans will understand. No, they won't. But. No. Least, no, I think they love Hornquist. At least you'll have a couple more cups, potentially, when you're drawing crowds of 5,800 in the uh, post-Sydney Crosby era. Dude, they love Hornquist,
3: but the second he stops being Hornquist, they don't – thanks for the memories.
7: See ya. He's really good, though. He's, he's, he's awesome. He is critical to what they do.
5: Yep.
2: I... He plays the way they want to play. And what else does he One do, of the Bill? biggest reasons they, why? He helps them find a way to win. Yeah. Got to have that guy. Right. Especially, you know, in the playoff. All right, nobody disputes that. Five years, though? Woo!
3: Pretty long. All right, uh, <laughs> on the way for you, Steelers news. We got a whole bunch of Steelers news.
2: He's doing the TB12, though, so Hornquist is going to play till he's 50. Is he? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, But it there... makes sense. I mean, he's a highly conditioned athlete. I
3: want. Is there anybody doing anything like that in the NHL?
2: Like annoying about their workout regimen.
3: It's Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts is the last one that I remember. Letang's workout is ridiculous. The dude eats meat and potatoes four nights a week. Are you sure?
7: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. All right, I don't know. There's some interesting video online
3: of him working out. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Did anybody see Polanco's workout down in the Dominican? Really looked like he was on vacation and just
7: like went to the. I don't know. Did any of it involve? Trying to run, simulate trying to run and catch a ball. No, without Mm-mm. looking like a concussed baby giraffe. No, but wasn't it like he one doing of those classes those...
3: you signed up for at a resort? You know, I think there was dancing at one point. I'm not sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wasn't he doing that tire thing that, yeah. that we see Ab doing, but not but, really but, dude, as fast it was at all? Like,
3: the were, footwork was not on. point. I mean, the guys he was working out with. It was like when you did karate with Elvis. <laughs> it's
2: just like
7: or like yeah, the other to
3: win.
2: A, yeah. In a
3: Wrangler commercial, working out with Favre. No, but not. Yeah, there was no catching drills that I saw. Uh, all right, quick break. We're coming back. Steeler news involving Le'Veon Bell in the next Black Panther. Also, Sean Davis being sued, which is nuts. This story's a, a little bit crazy, uh, and AB making some uh, noise as well. We'll tell you about that when we come back. TV
4: on the next snap.
3: <laughs> well,
2: you. Gotta be kidding
3: me. NFL Senior Vice President of Officiating, Al Riveron, joined Twitter yesterday. (laughs) Big mistake, Al. (laughs) And opened his account with a few tweets recapping a meeting by the league's competition committee, including, Today, Commissioner Goodell, the competition committee, along with several other league representatives, reviewed video regarding on-field non-football illegal acts, ejections, suspensions, and fumbles through the end zone. Additionally, we reviewed catch-no-catch Focusing on clarifying what constitutes a catch in order to bring more consistency in this area, we reviewed possession, control, element of time, and, quote, going to the ground, unquote.
2: Interesting. You
3: should bring that up, Al. Steeler fans immediately started trolling him. That guy, I mean, he got got lambasted all day. RIP his mentions. There were so many
5: (laughs) shots of Jesse James
3: holding the ball in the air over the line. I'm getting in on the fun.
2: I just tweeted him
3: touchdown. People are just yeah. Delete your account. You know, <laughs> cut the ball. No doubt, you ruined the game.
2: <laughs> just, his uh, ca- his account's gonna be
7: shut down like today.
2: He, he had yeah, to know. Twitter he
3: had to know idea. that was coming, right?
7: Not, I don't. He might be tone deaf because why would you do that and subject yourself to that? I don't know. If you knew,
3: glutton for pain. Commissioner might have told him to. By the way, Commissioner and Jerry Jones, man, they are still headed for a showdown, aren't they, Mike? This is getting interesting. They're going to make Jerry Jones pay back the legal fees that were incurred last year over fighting the suspension for Ezekiel Elliott. And Jerry Jones going, uh uh-uh. uh, doing the dolphin. <laughs> 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 uh-uh. Oh, I love that these guys hate each other. The enemy of my enemies, my enemy, is my enemy. I don't know when your two enemies are fighting each other. That's
2: pretty good, right? To people you can't stand. Is is Jerry Jones the new Al Davis? Just always like combative with the commissioner and just at odds with most of the other owners. Seems like that.
7: Is he at odds with most of the other owners, or the, just the commissioner? Uh, I think
3: a lot of the owners. I, I think really a lot of the him. other owners. I think are. he represents a break from the Rooney Mara uh, hunt era. Have some class. He's such yes. a me first
7: kind of <laughs> owner. Yeah.
2: He's a very today kind of guy. Commenting on
7: the team from day to day. Dude, he's in the locker room. Did you ever see the movie North Dallas 40? Uh, yeah. Backward forward. The... Jerry Jones is the owner. No, absolutely. 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 Which is funny because he they didn't have a Jerry Jones type as the Cowboys owner back then. Well, no, Tex Schramm was the president. I don't remember yeah. who the oh, owner was. Who the owner was, but it, the Landry was the coach, and that was that guy was played brilliantly. I forget who did it, but uh, it was the same guy
3: who did the red hot poker yes. uh, line from uh, Robbie Benson's yes. uh, basketball movie. But that was supposed to be Don, Don Meredith and Tom Landry and it was the whole no, yeah. Dallas thing. It's a great movie to watch It still uh, has some relevance to it. Low, yeah, yes, it these does. many years later. Val's got news coming up next. What do you got?
0: We're going to talk about the sexiest accents in the world and I've got more details on that upcoming Metallica show for you.
3: Where's Pittsburgh Rank-Up Baronet? It is the DVE morning show and believe it or not some Steelers in the news. First of all Black Panther, probably the biggest movie ever. ever. In the history of movies. Yeah,
2: it's trending toward that anyways. It's
0: made, doesn't it made $700 million already? Yeah,
2: globally. In
0: like 10, 12 days, whatever. Crazy. And it
2: hasn't opened in China and Japan yet. And this just in, they have um, billions of people that go to see movies. <laughs> <laughs> in case you guys didn't know. Uh, there's a lot of
3: people in China. They got a lot of Chinese. <laughs> So, Michael uh, B. Jordan, the actor from uh, from Black Panther, who plays well, he's like the villain in the movie. He sat down for an interview, and they asked him which NFL player would best be suited to be the next Black Panther. So let's let's talk about the character itself, Black Panther. Which NFL
2: star, if we had to recast the movie, do you think would best be the Black Panther? Oh man, that's that's a good one. Le'Veon Bell. Because? I think, uh, for one, he's a Spartan, you know what I'm saying? i at him. And then uh, I feel like his attitude, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's confident, you know what I'm saying? He's quiet at times, but he's confident when he has to be. He's elusive, he's powerful, he's strong. Shows and some he, patience he, behind the line. Exactly. You know,
6: lets his line set up. Finds, his,
2: finds his holes, finds yeah. his gaps, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Reads his, reads his, uh, his blockers, and then, you know, he, and he executes.
3: You know, as long as uh, LeGarrette Blunt's
2: not riding in the Black Panther ship with him, I think he's okay. Probably. I love it. Black and Gold Panther.
7: <laughs> Let's make that movie. Do I need to say that guy had me at he's a Spartan? Or, or I knew that, that was going to be the case, yeah. So
3: He's a Sparty. You watch. Le'Veon Bell will end up in the next Black Panther one way or another.
7: Yeah. His music won't. Well, they actually wanted him to be the Black Panther, but he said he wanted to do 18 more Black Panther <laughs> movies where he wasn't going to. Right. He, he wanted gonna, to be paid like Black L- Panther. With the he just won. And Iron Man. And Aquaman. And
2: right. They're probably going to tag him and make him do something. <laughs> now, in Wexford, a family is suing Steelers uh, safety Sean Davis. Oh, no. What
3: happened? A Wexford teenager is suing Pittsburgh Steelers uh, defensive player Sean Davis alleging he posted a video on social media mocking the boy after he waited on him at Chick-fil-A. The complaint filed in Allegheny County Common Police Court on Friday, this is right from the Post-Gazette, claims the boy was subjected to bullying at school after this. The teen is not identified in the lawsuit. His parents are only listed by initial. The lawsuit, which includes claims for libel, cyberbullying, intentional inflict of emotional distress and slander, alleges that the incident occurred either December 11th or December 13th. Reps, There's a crime for cyberbullying? Yeah, so from our perspective. Well, well
0: this is a civil suit, right? Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. From our perspective, it was a commentary on a billion-dollar corporation, said Randy Fisher, general counsel for MBK Sports Management Group, which re- represents Mr. Davis. It had nothing to do with the kid, they're saying. He was making fun of Chick-fil-A. Here's what happened. The, he, the kid looks young, and I guess there was a long line mm-hmm. at the drive-thru. So Sean Davis like took a video, and he's he like, uh, said something along the lines of he put a caption on Snapchat, Chick-fil-A got little kids. This kid, like, eight years old. No wonder the, the lines, be so long at Chick-fil-A. And then he put the emojis of the crying laughing, you know? Uh, it's but, my favorite
2: part of the story yeah. when they
3: describe what, the, what that emoji means. So the, the complaint described the teen as very small for his age regarding his small stature and youthful appearance, and they said the video also, quote, incorporated an emoji of a face laughing until tears were flowing out of its eyes <laughs> Representing how funny-looking he thought the minor, minor plaintiff was. That's, uh,
2: I, that's not what it's it not means. what it is. But you need it, to get an emoji consultant.
3: Yeah, they need. Now they're going to have to put an emoji guy on the stand. Yeah, it's like, will you raise your <laughs> eggplant? <and swear> <laughs> about, <laughs> will you uh, raise your
2: eggplant? Wait, don't. Oh, don't never mind. Don't. Don't, don't, don't do raise that. your eggplant.
3: They call Mr. Davis's actions extreme and outrageous in the lawsuit and say it's intentional and or reckless, which ought, I'm pretty sure I just listened to a podcast that was dealing with this. I think that's the, the uh, uh, threshold for being able to sue the extreme and outrageous part and intention to inflict emotional distress. Uh, the attorney that represents the family says the teen's been hurt and injured in his good name and reputation, exposed to public hatred, contempt and ridicule.
2: So apparently, after this video surfaced, like he got heckled at school for a bunch of weeks. Like his friends gave him a real hard time about it. Got abused in school for weeks over it, his
3: attorney said. Frankly, we tried mightily to have this settled and not even for money. Yeah, here's the thing. He's the so, ki-
0: what do they want?
3: They wanted him, they wanted apology? Sean Davis to record an anti bullying video and he wouldn't do it. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. I wasn't bullying the kid. But come to practice, come hang out at the facility, bring your friends, you know, I'll show you around. And they're like, no! Uh Uh-uh. So, Mr. Davis rejected the PSA based on the fact that he didn't want to admit to bullying. He's like, dude, I was not bullying. From our viewpoint, this wasn't bullying. It wasn't cyberbullying, said his representative. The kid wanted to
2: get back at him. I don't know why he just didn't put up a bunch of highlights from the Jacksonville game. (laughs) I saw, like, underneath this article, the comments... That somebody was like, I hope that kid gets all the money in the world. He should, you know, Sean Davis should have to pay up. And someone's like, why are you saying this? Like, he dropped that interception in the Patriots <laughs> game that could have ended it. But no, you got to let Brady march right down the field. That's,
3: that's the real reason for this lawsuit. So I don't know who knows what's going to happen going forward. I would have just uh, done the PSA for him. I don't know.
5: Oh, well, yeah, but that then would aren't you sort of
0: admitting? Yeah.
3: That, not really. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been like, hey, I bully people and that's wrong. You'd just be like, hey, remember, don't bully. I don't know. Just film something on your phone.
2: I think that's one of those things that's going to happen. You're going to see happen more and more where it's just a, a player or somebody famous who's making a video that's not, it, whatever the intention of it is, there's going to be other people that get caught up in the grinder of it. And this kid, I think, is... Right falls under that category. I don't think he was intending to. I mean, it's hard to, to tell what his intent Intent's was. a
3: big part of winning that, I believe. Yeah. But you shouldn't put a kid on social media if you have 100,000 followers or something. I think he's got 85,000 Twitter followers. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't put a kid on there, but I don't think he was even thinking like that. I really don't. Also, it's hard to remember sometimes that Pittsburgh is small. Yep. Is as, as much as we enjoy the benefits of a big city... It's a community where if you do something like that as a stealer, it's going to come back to you because everyone knows each other. That guy's only two degrees away from Mike Tomlin somehow. I guarantee you.
7: Most everyone is. I remember it's small every time I try to enjoy the benefits of a big city like light rail from the airport and other (laughs) public transportation. (laughs) Yeah. Then I remember. How many Lombardi trophies M-City's got, Mike? (laughs) Uh. Remember this? It's
0: 31 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos is ordering an investigation into Michi- Michigan State University's handling of the Larry Nasser sex abuse case. DeVos released a statement saying the investigation will look at systemic issues in the university's handling of sex based incidents involving Dr. Larry Nasser. Nasser was convicted of molesting. Uh, gymnasts uh, many who were under age for years the Michigan attorney general's office and a congressional committee are also investigating the university MSU faces dozens of lawsuits alleging that it ignored reports about Nasser's behavior dating back to 1997 And representatives with the Pittsburgh Federation of Teachers say their constituents are ready to go on strike this Friday. A union rep says that while they have reached common ground on a few topics, the two sides are still too far apart on salary, health care, and other issues. Pittsburgh Public School Superintendent says money isn't the issue at all at this point. He tells Channel 11 that giving principals the ability to schedule teachers is one of the issues of contention remaining.
3: I don't understand that.
0: I don't either. That seems like a... I mean I'm, there it must be way more complicated than how it sounds Scheduled here but teachers. it doesn't seem like a, a sticking point but like I said it's probably way more
2: yeah what if we give them all AR15s will they come back to work <laughs>
5: Maybe.
0: And classes are being canceled today at Derry Township School District after a threat was discovered. Investigators say it was found in the high school. Representatives say that while they don't believe uh, it's credible and that they think it's just a copycat act, they are canceling classes and after-school activities all day for student safety. Uh, School officials saying they will make up the day on Saturday. Oh. (laughs) So if kids think they're Getting a day off of school.
3: That's smart.
0: Yeah. Not to mention they'll probably face criminal charges.
3: Which, yeah, that's not smart.
0: <laughs> uh, Bill, you are on to something, maybe. A new study out of the Netherlands found people who took cold showers even for just 30 seconds took 29% fewer sick days. Wow. The hmm. theory is cold hey, water really I'm gets... smart. <laughs> Uh cold water really gets the hormones in your body working, which can be good for your overall health and possibly even help you lose weight.
3: Why didn't we take showers like this before, Mike? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Telling you, you guys need to get on board. No. I do it. I only do, do thirty seconds though. So I don't you do I don't that's do like five enough.
3: minutes. The tail end of the shower, you just cut end of the, the shower. I just do it for off. as long as I can and I'm like, that's good enough. I'm out of here.
0: I just I can't commit to it. Doing because... the cryotherapy
3: has helped me do that. Yeah, the
2: cryotherapy you did makes it, in it... reverse because I did the cold showers first cold to shower. build up to the cryo because the cryo is like three minutes.
3: Yeah, the first time you do cryo, it really it's hard, and then you kind of get into the mind over matter thing, and it doesn't become too difficult anymore, and it makes showers a little like I was fine if I put the cold shower just directly on my head. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I absorb it that way first. I'm like, all right, okay, yep. we're good. And then I step out from under it, and then it starts hitting your back. You're like, yeah, yeah okay, all right. Is that how you're going to do this? Fine. And then, you know, I figure in my head, that's long enough after about 30 seconds.
2: It is It is really, really tough to do it the first couple times and to get in the habit of doing it. It feels kind of good after a hot shower, and it opens
3: up your pores. That's what they say.
0: Cold water does? Mm-hmm. I thought. Hot oh, closes water. it closes it. Yeah. Sorry, as soon it closes. I them. hot water opened your pores.
2: No, the other thing. The other day I was in after the I shaved shower. my legs, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was in the shower, and I didn't turn it on yet, and I was just trying to pump myself up. I was home alone, and I'm just like, oh my god, I don't want to turn this on because it's just going to be so cold. Because I go cold right out of the gates, and I'm like, oh, how am I going to do it? I have the timer on my phone on the toilet next to the the shower. And I said out loud by myself at my house, I'm the captain now. And yeah. I pressed start and turned the cold water. Around. I was like, ah. uh, Getting in. For uh, two minutes. That first hit. Oh, you got to be ready for it.
3: It's It has major health benefits, though. I I do have the feeling that as more science comes in, everybody's going to be doing the cold shower stuff.
0: Yeah, good luck with that. Um,
2: Val's not doing Val it. Val has not moved. I'm not doing it. That's what I love I about would do, Val though. If she's not into something, she tells you right from the gate there's no way that you're gonna get you're gonna change your mind.
0: Here's why. I would try the cryotherapy. I
2: love it.
0: But when you're in the shower and the hot water runs off out, doesn't it just piss you off? Yes. See, I would think if you take a cold shower every morning, you would just be pissed off Wrong. all day, every day.
2: Adrenaline surge. You, actually you feel, do it purposely though. It. When the when the hot water runs out, it's kind of like you were having a nice time and somebody <laughs> ruined it.
0: Well that that would be how I would feel getting into a cold shower. This, this is just, like you're ruin ruining the part. Day.
3: No no no, man. You feel like you you feel kind of psyched up. Yeah. yeah After yeah, you do it, really you do. feel good. You feel like adrenaline shot.
2: I'm telling you, you mm-hmm. should do it. I think you would. I think you would actually like it. I've been trying to tell Serena she would like it too, and she's same as you. She's like, yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> That's because showers are that one time where you're just like, I don't want to move. Right. It's
3: quiet and I feel Especially at 4 a.m. That shower, that's the one that's, it's brutal. The f- coming in before the morning show shower.
0: Yeah.
2: Cold water on that one. Oh, the worst. This is my new philosophy on life. You got to get uncomfortable. You just have to get I uncomfortable. I already spend a
0: lot of time uncomfortable.
2: Right. A lot of things that happen to, but how many of those things happen to you I'm that make sure. you uncomfortable? I'm wearing mm-hmm. pants that are three sizes too small right now.
5: <laughs> Trump it all.
2: Make yourself uncomfortable. Wear skinny jeans and take cold showers. That's what I'm doing. It's working. Do,
0: <laughs> do you think accents are sexy?
3: Some are. Some are not.
0: Well, a new global survey by Time Out Magazine asked people to name the sexiest accent in the world. This one kind of surprised me. <laughs> no. Uh, number, what do you think number one would be in the whole world? French. No.
3: It's not Australian. Nope. English. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was surprised.
3: Hello, love, love I would have thought. No, not that one. Not the Cockney accent. That one's the what one you like, you feel about? like you're going to get syphilis.
0: <laughs> Like, not the tom hardy
2: yeah not the lock stock you, and please 12 please. smoking barrels or what is it two no, smoking barrels that
3: one is just a, that's an that's like the std of languages
0: see i would have picked uh french or uh spanish or italian spanish yeah one. yeah uh, so english number 1
3: like penelope cruz mhm
0: french came in second followed by italian irish then oh, yes. Spanish, Scottish, Australian, American, Brazil- no. Brazilian, and Japanese came in 10th.
3: Look, man, Southern America, the South, you know, the Southern Belle, like a girl with that lil', I could see that.
0: But that's the, there are even different. But like some Southern. chick from
3: Minnesota
2: going, oh, hey, I like your shirt huh? Nah? At the 25-minute mark. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
3: at the 25-minute mark. (laughs) I'm getting kind of hot. What's your favorite accent, Val? You like the Spanish?
0: I would have said Spanish or Italian, probably.
3: Chicks love the Australian one. one. Chicks love guys with Australian accents.
0: But again, it's like the Australian accent that you look at is Thor.
2: When you say Spanish, are you talking like Javier Bardem? Yeah.
0: Antonio Banderas. Did I say
2: that wrong? Cheech Marin. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Ooh, eh, hey, You're so sexy, huh? You like uh, it? Hey, you take a cold shower?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it makes you feel better all the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, Heather Locklear arrested Sunday night on charges of domestic (laughs) battery. Police responded to Heather's home in L.A. after her brother witnessed her and her boyfriend fighting and saw a physical mark on the boyfriend when police arrived. The uh, 56-year-old was allegedly belligerent with them. She's accused of punching a female and a male officer and kicking another male officer in the groin. She also called them effing a-holes. She was cuffed and taken to a hospital for observation. She was charged with one felony count of domestic battery and three misdemeanor charges of battery on a peace officer. She was released yesterday morning after posting $20,000 bail. This isn't her first run in the law. She, uh run in with the law. She's been arrested for DUI and has had addiction issues. Yeah, she, um, she
3: looks like she's just mm-hmm. been uh, Spiraling, yeah. yeah.
0: And TMZ reporting Heather's boyfriend, Chris Heiser, was arrested for DUI Monday morning just hours after that incident. Bill Cosby's daughter, Ensa, has died from kidney disease at the age of 44. She fiercely supported her father during his sexual assault trial last year. Ensa, one of the five children born to Bill and Camille Cosby, their son Ennis, was murdered during a failed robbery attempt back in 1997. And we gave you info yesterday morning on Metallica's World Wired tour, which will stop at PPG Paints Arena on October 18th. Second leg of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band's tour will feature an in-the-round production which I think they did the last time they played the arena.
3: Metallica in the round. Yep.
0: Some other <laughs> details have been released. According to the press release that came out yesterday, each show will begin with the lighted-up pre-show party hosted by Jim Brewer. Jim and a yes. DJ will be on stage Bad. before the band takes the stage. They'll play songs and do comedy along with some fan interaction stuff. They'll do giveaways and other things. Uh, they've also got a ticket plan for big fans. It's called the Wherever I May Roam Black Ticket. You can buy one ticket that will allow you floor access to any Metallica show on the 2018-2019 tour. You just have to let them know 48 hours in advance. There are a limited number of those tickets available. They'll cost $598. And with every ticket purchased, you get your choice of a standard physical or digital copy copy of Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Tickets go on sale to fan club members today and general public tickets this Friday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com or the uh, arena box office. General admission floor seats and reserved lower-level seats, $145. Seventy-five bucks for reserved upper level corsets plus fees.
2: You got to call Brewer. I know, I know. I got to hit him up. Congratulate him. That's awesome. I, I want to get him on the show though. Definitely. Too.
3: Yeah. He was, uh, by the way, Jim Brewer was the the first headliner that we ever had for a DVE comedy festival, uh, which is how many years ago? Six. Six, I was gonna say six. six seven. So we Twelve, have 2012 finalized the lineup. For this year's Comedy Festival. And we'll be announcing it in the next couple of weeks. I am super excited about this. Yeah, me this. too. So just a little heads up. You might want to save uh, a few shekels to make sure you get in on the DB Morning Show Comedy Festival this year.
2: That first lineup was so fun, though. Jim Brewer,
3: Burt Kreischer, Tammy Pescatelli, Greg Warren, and Bale Crawford. It was so fun. It was awesome. Then we all went to the Rex Theater afterwards and did uh, had uh, you know the Pittsburgh... Uh, comic stage it was awesome
0: sunny mid 50s today 30 Mm -hmm. overnight tonight it's 32 at dve
3: msn put together the top thirtiest funniest top 30 funniest saturday night live sketches of all time i don't agree with a lot of these but no top 10 number 10 mom jeans do you remember the mom jeans? yeah sketch (laughs) yeah Okay, Amy Poehler
2: yeah. Are
5: you looking
4: for the perfect gift for mom this Mother's Day? Introducing Mom Jeans
6: Exclusively at JCPenney Mom Jeans
5: Mom
6: Jeans, mom jeans fit mom just the way she likes it She'll love the 9 inch zipper And casual front pleats
5: <laughs>
6: Cut generously To fit a mom's body
0: She'll want to wear them to everything From a soccer game to a night on the town and with your choice of ankle length, capri length, or shorts, you'll find the perfect
5: gene for even the least active of moms. So this Mother's Day, don't give mom that bottle of perfume. Give her something that says, I'm not a woman anymore. I'm a mom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the visuals. Oh,
3: yeah, th- that song that is hilarious, too. Is so Number funny. nine from 78. Dan Aykroyd, Jane Curtin, point, counterpoint.
8: A woman in this modern-day relationship may well give up all her own personal pursuits, as Michelle Marvin claims she did, to give her full support to her man's career. And Michelle Marvin is just asking that the courts recognize that reality. Dan, there's an old saying. Behind every successful man, there's a woman, a loving, giving, caring woman. But you wouldn't know about that, Dan, because there's no old saying about what's behind a miserable failure.
3: Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that line, which has been repeated so often, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, you forget just how funny that is because it really is the subtext of all of those point counterpoints. They, <laughs> they yep. totally get right to it. It's just a, a brilliantly funny uh, performance from both of them. And Jane Curtin, maybe the most underrated SNL player ever. Uh, number seven or eight, rather Celebrity Jeopardy. Which was a sketch based on the famous SETV sketch Halfwits and Norm Macdonald called Eugene Levy for permission to do their own version of it on SNL and this was the result. Welcome
4: back to Celebrity Jeopardy! Before we begin the Double Jeopardy! round, I'd like to ask our contestants once again please refrain from using ethnic slurs. (laughs) That said, let's take a look at the scores. Sean Connery has set a new Jeopardy! record with negative $230,000. And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. Hey,
7: Hey, uh, check out the podium.
4: Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson.
6: (laughs) That's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Number seven,
3: I don't know (laughs) this sketch. Dana Carvey, Tom Brokaw pre tapes Gerald Ford's obituary.
0: Tragedy today is former President Gerald Ford was eaten by wolves. He was delicious.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh wait, that's just superfluous. Right, it's a
1: former president, Tom. What are you saying? He's not delicious?
7: Fine, fine. What's what's next? All right,
1: the double story.
7: All right.
0: A fireball destroyed France today, and Gerald Ford is
8: dead. Now, what are the odds of that? Come on.
5: Fine.
1: Look, fine. We'll get Stone Phillips to do it, okay? I'm sure Stone Phillips uh, will be just thrilled to break a story like that.
3: All right, all right. Let's keep moving.
2: Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that has... I don't remember that either. No. But that that broke our impression is incredible.
5: Mm
3: -hmm. It had, uh, it's the... I can't think of his name right now. Um, Smigel, Robert Smigel, was doing that other voice in the background. So that had all the abstract comedy markings of a mm-hmm. Smigel sketch. Uh, And then number six, Lazy Sunday, which completely changed SNL. And some oh, people yeah. say saved it.
6: Lazy Sunday, wake up in the late afternoon. Call Parnell just to see how he's doing. Hello, what up, Pawns? Sam Park, what's cracking? You thinking what I'm thinking? Party up, man, first, my hook sticking Hit up McDonald's
3: and back on some cupcakes. No Dr. Baker bakery has got all my Bob Frosty. I love those cupcakes, like McAdams loves Gosling. Gosling.
5: Gosling.
3: Gosling. Number five. Eddie Murphy, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood.
6: It's a
5: beautiful day
6: in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I've always wanted to live in a house like yours, my friend. Maybe <laughs> when there's nobody home, I'll break in. It feels real good to walk streets again after being in jail doing 7 to 10. <laughs> will you be mine? Won't you be mine? I wish you was my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, boys and girls.
3: Eddie Murphy could do anything then. and it Everything would, he the, did. Uh, it was on that show. Tremendously. Everything else on the show sucked. Almost everything she else He saved sucked. that show. Without question. Number four, I will never understand the popularity of David S. Pumpkins.
7: How's it hanging? I'm David Pumpkins,
2: and I'm going to scare the hell out of you.
7: Any questions? <laughs>
5: Scared
7: speechless?
3: Oh, no, no. I'm just trying to wrap my head around... David Pumpkins? I mean, are we supposed to know who that is?
0: Yeah, it was just a guy in a pumpkin suit with two B-boy skeletons. I don't get how that's scary.
3: Or funny. But no, uh, people I, I get that loved one it. And then SNL spun it off into a an animated Halloween special, which. Ugh, Belushi's rolling over in it, his grave.
2: Yeah, not really that funny to me. Number three.
3: I gotta have more cowbell, baby. <laughs> yeah
6: guess what? I got a fever, <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell the best, despite
3: Fallon almost ruining it, that was that so, I the mean greatest
2: Pharaoh in that sketch when he's clanging that thing and his, <laughs> his shirt belly. gets up on his belly. <laughs> oh my God, nobody <laughs> could keep belly. it together. It's just such a funny observation
3: to pick out too, like the cowbell in that song yeah. She's like I-, I gotta have more
2: cowbell. That's brilliant. Do you um, think Blue Oyster Cult loved that sketch or hated it? Because one, it it totally like revived their career. Money, but
3: money, people bought the damn song on iTunes. But I now mean, that's
2: probably all they hear. It's show.
3: Yeah, well, you it know, shows. Hey, it could be worse. Number two, a sketch that originated on the Second City stage in Chicago, written by Bob Odenkirk and given to a then-young cast member by the name of Chris Farley.
1: Now, you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the world by the tail and wrap it around <laughs> and pull it down and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount
5: to <laughs> jack squat. <laughs>
2: going to end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. (laughs) It's so good. When he falls on the table. Uh,
3: (laughs) It's the best. Number one, according to the MSN list of the most popular SNL sketches of all time.
6: Hello, Chief. Are you a 10? I beg your pardon. Don't worry, chicks. It's easy to score with us. We're hard up. (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me now, let
7: me tell you our names I'm Jortok Pestrunk and this is my brother Jörg We're two unique guys from Czechoslovakia who ran from the Russian tanks to America Because it's such a swinging and together place
6: We purchased our hats when we came
3: <laughs> You know, I gotta tell you mm-hmm. th- like, That was just one of the biggest cultural phenomena at the time it doesn't hold up, no. But it was so big when it when it happened. I mean, every dum dum by the copier at work who thought they were the office comedian was doing that voice. Kids in grade school were doing that voice. You couldn't escape the, the wild and crazy guys, like Halloween costumes. What about
0: Hans and Franz?
3: There's so many that didn't make. it. The I don't pun. know how you have a you top are. ten list of SNL sketches and Phil Hartman is not featured as the main player in any of them. I mean, he's what? in the Matt Foley sketch, but as a straight man, yeah. One of my
0: His Sinatra is the, the hot tub with, uh, Eddie Murphy? Will Ferrell no, with Will Ferrell, oh, the lover oh, in yeah, the hot tub. That, that's that's a good in one. In the too.
2: distance. We had the sound <laughs> of beating drums.
0: The one with Lava. Uh, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon was unbelievable. I
3: mean, anytime to me, Phil Hartman was on, As like the comedic lead in a sketch, it was brilliant. When he did Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer was such a funny (laughs) idea. Mm -hmm. And also, did you ever see when he did Vidal Sassoon and he just kept saying things with sassy in it? And he had like these uh, celebrity panel of guests and they were saying whatever. And at one point he's like, I just stepped in a big pile of sassy. (laughs) That whole sketch makes me like tear up laughing watching him. How could you not put Phil Hartman in there?
4: Oh, you could have put a lot. You could yeah, put more Will right. Ferrell yeah. in there. You're right. Those
5: How does Melissa Kirsten McCarthy as spicy Chris, not get in there? yes yeah,
4: Kristen Wig. Yeah, Kristen Wig. No Kristen
2: Wigs in there at all. Oh, oh my God! The character the she did with the little baby hands.
0: Yeah.
3: All right, we may have I'll to do our Lauren, own top ten omitted show. list for tomorrow. We'll we'll update it with our own uh, suggestions tomorrow. Mike is coming in with sports next. Pens don't get the D man at the uh, trade deadline and. Looks like GMJR was uh, content to stand pat. It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Pens and Devils. USA Network. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike.
7: The Penguins think they loaded up uh, as best they could for the stretch drive and the postseason via the acquisition of Derek Brassard, But the Tampa Bay Lightning did the same. Swinging a deal before yesterday's 3 p.m. deadline that landed Rangers defenseman Ryan McDonough and Rangers forward J.T. Miller. The Lightning very excited about those two pickups. Uh, Chris Kunitz telling the Tampa Tribune this morning that J.T. Miller is a player who possesses speed, grit, and a, quote, electric shot, unquote. As Plus, for, he loves Donnie Iris and the Clarks. Yeah, going to be a tough guy to deal with. As for McDonough. Kunitz said, quote, he's played big minutes for most of his career. He's able to get up the ice, but he's also got a good stick. He's kind of always in the way. He's got the skill aspect, but he's a defensive guy, defensive-minded. McDonough will be joining his former Rangers defense partner, Dan Girardi, in Tampa. Girardi said this to the Tampa Tribune regarding McDonough, quote, he's great defensively. He can chip in on offense. He thinks about the right net. He's going to worry about defense first. He's a big, strong D-man. He can just come in here and be himself. I want to tell him how great it is here and that we've got a really good chance. So uh, the Lightning think they did what they needed to do to best position themselves for a run at the Cup. And in Pittsburgh, General Manager Jim Rutherford thinks he did the same. Over the course of the season,
1: we had uh, Sheehan, Alexiak, and Broussard and now, Joris certainly makes our team stronger. And and as a group, as we talked through it last night and today, uh, we feel we have a real strong team and uh, good enough, ready to ready to compete.
7: I think there's a lot of people in the Eastern Conference that are feeling that way. Tampa, Pittsburgh, I, Boston, Toronto, I, Toronto
3: Philadelphia. Matt Murray can't. He can't uh, regress one bit. He has to possibly be a little bit better than he's been. I think defensively. Well, he had two shutouts to close out the playoffs last year. He can't be a whole lot better than that. Well, it depends what defense in front of you is in front of you. Yeah.
7: You know, depends what kind of shots are getting. Well, and that's and you make a great point there. That that that's how they're going to have to win. Yeah, you've heard Mike Sullivan repeatedly in the last couple weeks, and you will hear. This again, that for as long as the Penguins are playing, you can't score your way to the championship. You got to, you got to be able to defend. You got to be able to shut people down, and then your offense comes where it comes when it comes. But uh, they're not going to be winning playoff games six five, maybe one here and there. But uh, for the most part, they're going to have to play the right way. They moving. can't afford to be stupid. Basically, you can't afford to make a lot of mistakes defensively. Can't be high risk. Can't give up. No. High, can't give up high quality opportunities. You you bide your time. You strike when the chance materializes, and you beat them on special teams.
2: I think they've all bought into that. I mean, even Kessel is back checking now. Yeah. If, he's, gonna... if he's doing it, they've bought in.
7: I, I would agree. Because he was the toughest sell, right? Oh. <laughs> no question. Uh, Flyers are in first place in the Metropolitan Division right now with 78 points. The Caps, are they uh, Stanley Cup caliber? They they haven't been yet. (laughs) They've got 77, and the Penguins have 76. Tonight's opponent, the New Jersey Devils, uh, checking in this morning with 72 points. It's going to be a sprint to the finish in the Metropolitan Division, and Penn's defenseman Chris Letang expected nothing less.
4: I mean, it's always tied That division is like crazy. Uh, we know it's going to be decided in the last two games of the year. So, uh, and for other teams that are ahead, like you don't even know if you're going to uh, be in the same spot. So, um, you just have to uh, try to play your best hockey until the end, and uh, hopefully, you get into the playoff on a on the top ranking spot, and you, you have to face the, the team you want.
7: Pens hosting New Jersey tonight at the PPG Paints Arena. 7 o'clock on your penn flagship. 105.9 The X. Uh, They're in the midst of an 11-game home winning streak, which ties for the third longest in franchise history. The record is 13. That was set in the 2013-14 season from November 15th to January the 15th. A minor acquisition for the Penguins yesterday. They acquired... Senator Josh Juris from Carolina in exchange for Senator Greg McKegg. Juris going to the AHL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins. Matt Murray got dinged in practice yesterday and left early. He is to be evaluated again this morning. That was the only uh, word regarding his status. Yesterday, Uh, the Penguins recalled goaltender Casey DeSmith from AHL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton and sent goalie Tristan Jari and forward Dominic Simone back to the AHL Penguins and Jim Rutherford announced yesterday, it depends we're on the verge of being able to announce a five-year contract extension for winger Patrick Hornquist. That's for a reported five years with an average annual value of $5.3 million for Hornquist, who turned 31 on January the 1st. College Hoops last night. West Virginia checked in at number 20 in the AP Top 25 yesterday afternoon. Then went out and beat number 12 Texas Tech. 84-74 in Morgantown. The Mountaineers improved to 22-8 overall, 11-6 in the Big 12. Number 5, Duke was beat. Net Virginia Tech. Number 6, Kansas beat Texas at home. The Pirates were 13-2 losers to the Red Sox in spring training play down in Bradenton. Yvonne Nova gave up three hits and three runs in two innings. One of the runs was earned. He had no walks or strikeouts. Sean Rodriguez hit his first Spring training home run for the Pirates. They're scheduled to play the Braves in Orlando at 105 today. Stephen Brault, your uh, anticipated starter for the Buccos. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Producer Joe pointing out McDonough, Miller, Callahan, Strawman, Girardi all on the Rangers' 14 uh, cup team.
7: Getting the band back together. Mm. Wow. Look Southern at. tour. You guys are all good players. Look at <laughs> Hey, Southern tour. I like that.
3: Billy Gardell joining us at 9 a.m. And Val will have news top of the hour. What do you got?
0: I'm going to tell you why. Kids are having trouble operating pencils now.
7: Pencils? Pencils. Is it because they're stupid?
3: (laughs) (laughs) It is the DVE morning show. Sunday marked the 45th anniversary of the release of one of the biggest tunes of the 70s The Streak. Right place, wrong time. Dr. John. Now here's the thing. He'd been this like New Orleans staple, and he'd been sort of an underground and uh, session player, you know, guy that that was appreciated within the industry, but never had like the breakout success. Uh, and then he got Alan Toussaint to uh, produce this album, and ha- got the Meters to back him up. And uh, like I was saying, everybody knew Doctor John in the industry. Mm-hmm. He told Rolling Stone, originally, I felt a go commercial would prostitute myself and bastardize the music.
2: That's a great impression.
3: <laughs> he said, on Reflecting, I thought that if without messing up the music and keeping the roots and elements of what I want to do musically, I could still make a commercial record I would not feel ashamed from. I'm proud of and still have a feel for. Then it's not a bad thing, but serves a good purpose. I mean, that's what everyone aspires to, yep. right? Yep. Commercial success without giving up. Your uh, your artistic integrity.
2: Without selling your soul.
3: And uh, In the Right Place became a number 24 hit while uh, the single Right Place, Wrong Time spent 33 weeks on the charts. And uh, it peaked in the top 10. The thing I thought that was the most interesting about this was he collected the lyrics from people he was working with. He said, Bob Dylan started it off by laying a line on me. I'm on the right trip, but I'm in the wrong car. <laughs> Said then, Bette Midler gave me one. My head's wow. in a bad place. I don't know what it's there for. Doug Doug Somp also pitched in. I was in the right set, but it must have been the wrong sign. And then Such a Night, of course, uh, was his follow-up single, which became sort of a uh, uh, the stalwart of guest spots on the Last Waltz for the band.
2: Then Satchel Page fed me a line. <laughs> 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 Pitching but, the right way, but it must have been in the wrong game. It,
3: it's so cool. He had the, uh, the, and then, you know, George Porter and Zigaboo Modaliste and, uh, you know, the rest of the meters, Leo Telly. But they lost the guitar solo on it. They they were mastering it how? outside of New Orleans, and they lost the guitar solo tape. I have no idea how, so they had to bring in this uh, this ace guy to play uh, guitar, David Spinoza, ended up doing the the lead guitar on it. So I always found this just like the most interesting song And just such a It's just such a great Dr. John too But I love that story He's in Dazed and Confused, how, and Confused too, right? I think He's so on that soundtrack Yeah, but he just Just the fact that he was collecting the lyrics from people I love that And the meters make this album sound so great Dr. John 45 years ago February 25th Decided It's time to go to commercial Right place Wrong time D-V-E. But in
4: wrong call. in a good
3: place. Oh, yeah. Dr. John, right place, wrong time. Um, after Katrina, Alan Fanica, who's a New Orleans uh, uh, native and, uh, you know, big fan of the, the culture down there, he and I were, were talking, and we uh, were like, let's do a benefit in Pittsburgh. Because we wanted everyone, the whole country wanted to do something for New Orleans at that time. Sure. So we, we put a show together. And uh, Dr. John was the headliner. And it was at the Ultra Bar, and it was uh, Terrence Simeon and Rebirth Brass Band and Dr. John. It was one of the funnest nights ever. And so Dr. John's there and dressed like an Ewok, probably. We go downstairs to meet Dr. John and just say, Hey, thanks, you know, for doing this. I didn't get a picture with him, which I'm so pissed about, but like I just I honestly did not want to bother him. And I just went to shake his hand and say, thanks a lot. And he had, I mean, he was ready to go and he had his cane and all the, you know, the beads and all the voodoo stuff. And I went to shake his hand. I was like, hey, thanks a lot. And he pulled his hand back really fast. He goes, man, don't mess with my money maker. (laughs) Oh, I was like, that's a good line. I like it. Like, I don't know. He could have fist bumped, whatever. Tap canes. (laughs) What do you want to do here?
2: Wasn't he? He did a show more recently where there was like a thunderstorm. And it was you the Blues play.
3: Festival, He, uh, which I think was three years ago. Heartwood Acres. Heartwood Acres. And it downpoured. It opened up. Yeah. And uh, I ended up in the tent with Mike Lang uh, watching the rains just pour down and kill the show. So then we, you know, we're like, well, they're not going to restart this. Let's go. And we all
2: left only to find out Dr. John came out like 80 minutes later and finished his set. Speaking of letting people feed him lines, how awesome would it be if he did a song of all Mike Langisms? That would be great.
3: <laughs> Get in the fast lane,
5: Grandma.
2: <laughs> Scratch my back with a hacksaw. What do you got, Bill? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh, we're going to talk Classic. about
0: why kids these days can't operate pencils.
3: Billy Gardell joining us live from Los Angeles. Next on the DV Morning your favorite accent, Val? You like Spanish?
0: I would have have said Spanish or Italian, probably.
2: When you say Spanish, are you talking like Javier Bardem? Yeah,
0: Antonio Banderas. Did I
2: say that wrong? Cheech Marin.
5: (laughs) Hey, hey, Val, you're so sexy, huh? You like Uh, it? Hey, you want to take
2: a cold shower? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel better all the time.
7: Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Billy
3: Gardell joining us from Los Angeles, California. Good morning, Billy. How you doing?
9: Hi. <laughs> Good morning, family. How are you, Pittsburgh? How are you <laughs> What's the word? What's up, Bill? Nothing, man. Nothing. I got. Uh, I tell you about that thing on my nose last week. No. no, what's on your nose? I had. I got. I had this spot that kept coming back going away and coming back so Patty forced me to go to the doctor because Swiss fell medical practice tells you clearly if you ignore it it'll go away apparently that's not how that works so I went in and this little Indian doctor goes "Uh, it's either precancerous or cancerous I said good doc a win-win that's good so they said they took a chunk off they took like one of those biopsies where they run a razor blade down your nose and it looks like you know, the fat kid went skateboarding, and that didn't. Right. That wasn't real.
5: So I'm w- walking
9: around with a piece of my nose missing. But I found out that it's precancerous, which means if it was cancerous, they would have to radiate it. But it's precancerous, so I got I got I to put this cream on my nose. It's gonna like uh, bubble up my nose, and then it'll heal it. So, so that's that's been my last couple of days. Yeah, our- you know, you know, there's nothing better than getting a biopsy and. Rubbing some acid on your nose for the middle of com- uh, pilot season—that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because then you can just walk in. I'd like to—I'd uh, like to audition for the handsome prince, please. <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> like—why are you laughing at me? <laughs> it's
3: not like you got to put a uh, uh, cotton ball on it and walk around or anything, you know?
9: No, I'm saying just—we're uh, going to rough up the area. I got to bubble it up. I'm grateful it's not as bad as yeah. Billy, you know it could
3: be. Billy, I'm—I i on. am so glad to hear that yeah, and you, it's, Thanks, uh, you know you got to go to the doctor when stuff like that happens you know the, yeah. the old school yeah, mentality I a
9: medical book which says sit and worry quietly <laughs> so i didn't but patty said i had to go talk to the doctor
2: <laughs> my my dad's grandfather bill his name was Cy. they called right. his his last name was symington but they called him Cy. He worked down in the mill never didn't believe in medicine at all had this thing in between his eyes Picked it off and then it grew to be basically like the size of a testicle. And he, like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he didn't believe in any kind of medicine or medical treatment. And there was a doctor kid down the street. They came in, they gave him two treatments of radiation and it completely went away.
9: That's good. That's good. That's good to know.
2: He should have been in a medical magazine like he was walking around with this thing on his face. <laughs> oh.
3: I you know what though I got to tell you. Not that I think that that's smart or whatever but I wish I had the like lack of I don't know vanity to just be what? like, "All right, there's a ball on my face. I don't care." I'm just,
5: <laughs> oh, he didn't care at all.
2: Yeah.
3: Like, I, I look forward to getting to that point, and I hope I do one day where I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, there's a. There.
2: <laughs> well, this is the same guy. He lost a leg, I think, in the mill. Like, something fell on his leg, and he had a wooden leg, and he'd ask people to knock on it. So I don't think he really cared about Jeez, that's tough. his appearance much. Well, you should
3: have taken off that leg and, like, a seven iron, knocked a ball off his head.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bill, just make sure you put that scary bump cream on me every night before I guess, you go
9: to it, it actually says that on the, t- on the tube, But scary bump cream. <laughs> <laughs> don't
3: mess around with that.
9: And thanks to our medical care, it only costs $4,000. Oh. Oh, my lord. <laughs> no, I'm teasing.
3: Just, yeah, stay on top of that. Don't mess around. I'm on it. I'm
9: on it. I'm all good. I'm, I just it's got to. The wife. Irish came up. I got to, you know. I gotta
3: yeah, well, I'm you ain't going to get no pilots if you got no nose. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like Vincent
9: D'Onofrio in that <laughs> mess movie.
5: All right, shooter one.
9: Sea. Oh, I never saw that.
0: That's a good movie.
9: Oh, it's a great movie.
0: Val Kilmer's in it.
3: See? Tell him, Val.
0: Really it good is. movie.
3: I love, uh, I think Val Kilmer's
9: awesome, so. and well, this was my second Deno- favorite Val.
0: D'Onofrio's unbelievable.
3: D'Onofrio
9: is so crazy in that movie. <laughs> it's one of my favorite psychos he plays in. I have a plethora of the ones he's played. And he has no nose? He has no nose. Too much meth. He's all messed up.
3: Meth gets rid of your nose?
9: Hey, hey get messed up. <laughs> yeah.
3: I didn't know that. Sure. Well, that makes it sound like, I better stop. But
2: no <laughs> you, might, you might have to start rocking one of those Michael Jackson bedazzled uh, dust masks, Bill.
9: Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be walking. <laughs> everywhere I go, they're, they're just going to rush me out of a Denny's in a surgical mask. <laughs> <laughs> Val
3: Porter's got news for us. Billy Gardell in Los Angeles putting cream on his nose. It's the DV <laughs> morning show.
0: Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 33 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Sport Clips. A Bizarre story in North Carolina. A man was shot and killed yesterday as he was live streaming on Facebook. Prentice Robinson frequently used Facebook Live to share his thoughts and music with friends and was broadcasting live with a selfie stick. When a gunman ran up to him and shot him to death, people watching at the time heard the gunshots and saw the camera fall to the ground. Another man could briefly be seen running away. Robinson was found with multiple gunshot wounds and was pronounced dead at the scene. Police have identified a suspect but have not yet made an arrest. They say Robinson had frequently outed suspected drug dealers in his live stream.
3: Oh,
9: okay. that's, oh man. That's it's a
3: dangerous game.
0: Failed Alabama Senate candidate uh, Roy Moore throwing his support behind a controversial Republican politician. Yeah, why does anybody
3: care what Roy Moore thinks?
0: Yeah. Well, it's I don't know if they care what Roy Moore thinks, but maybe they care what this candidate thinks. Uh, Cortland Sykes said yesterday he's honored to get Moore's endorsement from his uh, for his Senate bid. Sykes has gone on the record calling feminists crazed women with nasty snake-filled heads. An article wow. in the Washington Post reports Sykes has called feminists she-devils and said he, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't want daughters who were career-obsessed banshees. Sykes also made wow. a controversial paste on, uh, post on Facebook saying, quote, I want to come home to a home-cooked dinner at 6 every night. One she fixes and one that I expect one day to have daughters learn to fix after they become traditional homemakers and family wives.
2: They just thawed this guy out?
9: (laughs) Wow, man. Yeah, what year did he come from? Did did they bring him in in a DeLorean? (laughs) What what is he talking about?
3: Did Roy Moore give his endorsement while riding on top of a stunted growth pony? (laughs) (laughs) In a mall parking lot, <laughs> <laughs> and shooting a little
9: cap gun. Pew pew. Do, do you, think, you think? I like rides... the
3: chauvinist. Pew pew.
9: Do, do you think? When he rides that horse, he has ear pods and he listens to that old Budweiser theme. Ba, da 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 da, da. <laughs> bum, 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 <laughs> <laughs> He
3: looked like he was riding the the. Like a dachshund of horses, you know? Oh, so like the horse
5: you
9: thing. rode in on, my friend, and the horse you rode in on. That guy's garbage. Those, both those guys are garbage.
3: Is that all yep. Alabama? That's all Alabama? Yeah. Alabama. Alabama well, is no, so good is, at football. And
0: Apparently this guy's in Missouri.
3: So, Oh. Southern Missouri is another place that has got a lot of... They got an issue with their governor right now, huh? Governor, I like doing. to tie my mistress up and take pictures of her it's and then black blackmail maler. her. <laughs>
0: Uh smartphones wow. and tablets. You knew that,
3: right, Bill? No. Dude, their governor was led out by sheriffs last week and charged with blackmail because the woman he was having an affair with, he tied her up, took pictures of her naked, and then used
2: those as like, if you tell anybody about us. You can't blackmail me. I'm going to blackmail yeah, you. Yeah,
9: right unbelievable Well then
0: there's the woman in California I, that, who's What is happening? <laughs> under fire because she she wanted uh workers to place in the bottle with her.
3: Yeah. Which spin is tame The bottle? Which is tame in comparison.
0: Yeah, what? but I, she allegedly groped male employees also.
2: Yeah. This guy was that while they're playing hot naked hot potato or <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it, there's despicable
3: people all over the place right now in positions of power
9: they're just out in the open man running like everything's okay they can do whatever they want i wonder what i wonder how that happens oh wait yeah the fish thinks with the head doesn't it well
3: bill that's what i'm trying to figure out if it was always like this and we're just finding out about
9: it now i don't know buddy
0: smartphones and tablets are making it more difficult for kids to hold pencils Doctors in the UK say, "Wow, kids wow. Use- we
9: can't, we can't work a pencil." <laughs> Doctors well, in the we're U- at the point where pencils need training. We can't work a pencil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doctors, holy in the- hell! Doctors in the U.K. say kids use technology so much that their hand muscles are not developing properly. In fact, children are entering school with less hand strength and dexterity than just 10 years ago. Experts say parents can help by encouraging play with blocks, crayons, stickers, or pull toys.
2: Their, their thumbs are absolutely shredded
9: <laughs> from yeah. texting. Just one big thumb and a bunch of limp noodles <laughs> on their hands. Okay, keep my middle finger to work. I don't know what
2: it is. What is this solo chopstick? It's not working. I can't do
9: nothing, but I could play (laughs) 1010.
0: A young male in China learning about instant karma. A video making the rounds on the internet shows him in an elevator peeing on the buttons. Well, it doesn't (laughs) take long before it short circuits, and the doors don't open, and all the lights in the elevator start flickering.
9: (laughs) He deserved it. Got a little
0: worried. uh, No word on how long he was trapped inside after his stunt.
9: I Uh, hope it was over eight hours. (laughs) Yeah. That's enough time Uh, to think about that.
2: I shouldn't have peed on them buttons.
9: I shouldn't have peed on them buttons, Billy. (laughs) I shouldn't have peed on them buttons.
2: How hammered are you? (laughs) Just peeing on floor buttons on an elevator. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm not going to say that I've never peed on an elevator, maybe in college. I'm not going (laughs) to... What? Say that.
0: Wow. Why? Huh? Why'd you pee on an
2: Because I was totally sober, Randy. Ah, okay. Why else would I?
0: <laughs> sure, you love your significant other, but would you prefer to sleep solo? Well, if you said yes, you are not alone. According to a new survey from Alarm Clock app Sleep Cycle, 41% of Americans prefer sleeping alone to sleeping with their partner. Why is that? Probably not a surprise. Snoring is the number one reason. 52% of respondents said their partner's snoring is loud enough to wake them up. 30% say the snoring is so bad it causes them to uh, leave the room and go sleep on the couch or in another room. Other issues besides snoring were temperature issues, hogging the covers, taking up too much space in the bed, and people needing sound machines or a light or a TV on, something like that. Have you,
9: have you seen the sleep number bed where you, the partner snoring and then they just hit the button and it raises them up and then they go back to bed peacefully? Have you seen that commercial? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Patty has a button that just shoots me onto the floor.
2: <laughs> Dumps you <laughs> off the side of the bed.
9: Starts closing and opening like a Lucy episode. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: like feel like all of, almost all of those gripes are the female's gripes.
9: My number is zero a and a hundred simultaneously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you made up a lame excuse to get out of doing something you didn't want to do? Yes! Well, who hasn't? Uh, no, that's really not a lame excuse, but 50, 51% of people say they've blown off a social event to spend more time with their dog. I guess that's not really a lame excuse. That's, I'd rather do
2: this. Don't you just say my dog's sick. My dog's sick. I've never never had somebody tell me that as an excuse to get out of something. But I'd believe it. Yeah, because you can't question them. My dog's sick. I I might have to take him to the
3: vet.
9: Oh, sorry, we're going to miss you. Yeah, yeah, have See, fun. I never believed in that because I, I got that old Pittsburgh superstition that if I say it too many times, it's real. <laughs>
5: right. And oh, then it's your dog happen.
9: does get sick, and you're the off that did it. You <laughs> Sir, know
2: what I mean? I
5: yep.
9: do. I know
3: exactly what you.
2: Don't, you're
9: don't mean. jinx this. You know, I'm done <laughs> <laughs> ah, That's it. That was that was that was perfect Regent Square right there. I definitely jinxed. I'm not
0: feel kidding. Guilty. Leaving my dog too much. Our dogs.
9: Oh my God.
0: Especially when they follow you to the door.
3: <laughs>
9: Where are and we just going, Mom? Look
0: at you through the door. Go, Why are you leaving?
2: And we aren't going anywhere. That's when you give them like a
3: big treat far away from the door and hurry up and get out of the, <sighs> the house. <laughs> there you go. They're like, This is awesome. Uh, thank you. Why'd you give the me this door donut closes. In the they're like, Mom?
0: Mom? Uh, Mom? Uh, The survey also found their dog helps them get through almost five stressful events every week, even major things like breakups or deaths in the family.
3: I had a dog that had so much anxiety. I felt so bad. How much
9: anxiety does
3: it have? I just felt so bad for it. It was like it was in an episode of Black (laughs) Mirror every time I left the house. (laughs) And you come back and the couch cushions would be all torn up. It's like, why did you do that? Yeah. And then yeah. it's the same thing where you're like, that wasn't even that long. And they're like, it was an eternity to me.
5: It was so long. I know long.
9: how that dog feels. I yeah. don't like going outside anymore either.
3: That's a problem. It's a real problem that we got right now. Nobody likes going outside. We got some real issues with that bell. We're really screwing things up. Nobody's yep. got any social skills anymore. Nope. It's a, it's a real, uh, this is uh, troublesome. Yep. We're all gonna have to move to certain parts of the country. We
0: can't use pencils, yep. and we can't talk to each other.
2: <laughs> this is this seems like a problem. We don't
3: go grocery shopping anymore. We just want Jeff Bezos to deliver everything to us.
0: <laughs> I'm okay with some people staying home. <laughs>
2: I kind yeah, of like to stay home.
5: I yeah, mean,
9: maybe, maybe that's the answer: it's electronic fences around certain houses, <laughs> so people can't get out. Just watch him continually bump into it all day. No, you're dumb. You're grounded. You can't come out. You can't can't come come out out if you're dumb. Sorry. (laughs)
0: The success of Black Panther is prompting Disney to give back. Marvel Studios is donating a million dollars to the Boys and Girls Clubs of America in honor of how much the film has made in the box office. That money will support new science, engineering, math, and technology programs. Since its February 16th release, Black Panther has raked in $700 million worldwide. Nice. I it's so good.
3: It's, I really liked it.
0: Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers basis, Flea, is sharing details about his past drug addictions in a new op-ed in Time magazine. Flea writes, all his life he's dealt with periods of horrific anxiety that led him to a bottomless pit of fear that he always thought drugs would fix in a flash. Uh, He then goes on to describe in detail his battles with prescription painkillers and opioids and says addiction can happen to anyone, even lawyers and philosophers. He writes, addiction doesn't care who you are. Again, that op-ed is in Time Magazine. Sunny, mid-50s today, dropping a 30 overnight tonight. It's 32 at DVE.
9: 30! Yeah, Bill. That's That's cold. It's balmy. Oh, it's pretty
3: nice. That's nice. (laughs) Dude, that's
9: balmy. (laughs) Kidding me? We drop into the 50s, and I'm looking for a sweater.
3: Now, you guys have had... uh, Were you you guys diaper-changing daddies?
7: Me yeah.
9: I I was oh yeah I was on I was oh, yeah. I was an ace I can say I was an ace at vomit and diaper <laughs> and uh anything involved with uh like uh you know clearing the nose booger with the tube oh, I, was, the I was I was I was an, I was a soldier I'm very proud yeah, of that Yeah me too Went Uh real good on the educational department she's <laughs> doing the math but when it came to that stuff I was in the mud
3: I had one of my buddies was it was like, I'm not doing that at all. And when it's my time to like do the dad stuff, I'll be there. And he is like a whoop ass dad, but he used to like brag about not changing diapers. And oh, I was, he
2: actually got away with it?
3: Yeah. And now, and he is, he's super dad. I mean, he's an awesome dad, but like he was like, I'm not doing that, <laughs> which I still can't believe he got away with. But. That's an
2: inspirational story. Now I'm starting <laughs> to... I, I,
9: I, I would time myself on a table like I was roping a calf. I could put a <laughs> diaper on and off in about a minute and a half. Well, now I, I you know, I
3: understand why there may be an aversion to it after listening to Kristen Bell on right. the Joel McHale show.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: Did you guys... Uh, I, I, didn't, saw, I, didn't I didn't read see the whole this. thing. I saw it, though. So yeah. she recently uh, found out her daughter suffered from... Pinworms. You know what
2: pinworms are? Nope, but I don't. Um, it's it's making me well, a little uncomfortable.
3: Basically, pinworms. Can we talk about football?
2: <laughs> they are
3: uh, they're anal worms. Okay, oh! all right. Okay. So he,
2: that's what she called Why them. Why not just call them that then? Because pinworms. <laughs>
3: they're like the avocado lobby. They you know they they, they they've got some good branding they some going good, yeah, on. Yeah, they're branding. Yeah, they've done some PR work. Yeah. So, she said her 3-year-old got him in preschool and then transferred him to her. Oh, good. 50% of people over 15 don't experience the symptoms she said, which is uh it's like this wicked itch, but your kids get yeah, them because yeah. they put their hands in their mouth and then they lay eggs.
9: Ah. Oh my god. This is like a bad horror movie. I know.
3: She said you have to monitor it and check to see when they're gone like you would with your dog when they have worms basically.
0: You have sure. to monitor uh, the yeah, outcome.
3: But yeah, she uh, she had it too. Did you guys ever have anything like not like no.
9: that necessarily but No, not like that. Ringworm. I mean, there Ringworm. was like there were
2: certain things where I didn't know like anytime there was any kind of rash, I was out. I yeah. was like uh, you know, one of the sharks on Shark Tank that was that knew that this just wasn't for him. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you just <laughs> want to get like a uh, like a like a,
9: a, 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 a like a baby powder gun that you could just? <laughs> 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 just
5: <laughs> 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 yeah, we had catch the y'all. thing
9: that we. The thing that we had was you know Will had a lot of food allergies when he was a baby, so you know you didn't know we didn't know what was going to set it off. So just sometimes he'd. He'd kind of go, you know, like a sack of potatoes on your shoulder, and you hear his tummy grumble, and then he'd just throw up on you. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it, uh, I won, one, one night I got a face full of spaghetti oh. One night I got a face full of rice oh, yeah. But you know what, it never bothered me And I like to think it's because I love him so much But I think the truth is Most of my friends have been throwing up around me Since we were 14 So <laughs> yeah. I think I had a lot of training
0: <laughs> I remember my niece had the flu once And we were visiting her And she was sitting up in my lap And she just started throwing up and
9: Yeah, I just, they just I let just... it go, man They're like fire hydrants
0: I just had to catch it in my
9: hands.
3: Yep. <laughs> Done that. See,
9: you love them. Anytime
3: off. I've seen a kid do that, though, my first instinct is I feel so bad for them, not just because they don't feel good, because I think, oh, that's just so embarrassing. They're probably going to be so – ne- they never are. No. They, they don't – They don't understand. They, oh, they uh, boot like, and rally like what? no one else. There's just They're like they Coming throw up me. on grandma and they turn around and do something else within five seconds.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, once you you wipe them down and rinse the mouth out, and it's right back to Hot Wheels. I mean, it would be good if
3: there was like a way. You know, like my buddy built this mud room in his house, so when his dogs come in, he can literally just hose them off in oh, the mud that's room.
5: So awesome! And
3: then they stay there until they're dry. Like if you could have something like that with well, a kid.
9: Hold on, no man. I don't know if the dogs like that. That's they like do. Coming in, that's like come. How do you? Did they tell you? Mm-hmm. That's like that's like coming into county jail every night, <laughs> getting hit down with the water and the powder. You're like, ah, okay, now you can come in the house.
3: A lot of dogs love that. I, love I, the hose. They start biting it and stuff. But I don't know. It's not like a Silkwood shower. You just try to get the mud off the dog's paws.
2: I like this like a like a toddler uh, kill room from Dexter. Yeah, just everything is plasticked off.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Just some sort of bubble thing that you can blow up and put in the middle of the room, like a, a baby wash car wash type thing. <laughs> like a Rube Goldberg machine <laughs> where the baby pops out on the other side. A Rube Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> so Alright, quick uh a uh, quick break. We'll come back. Mike Persuda pens at the Devil. Well, he oh, hosting pens. the Devils tonight. The
5: pens, the and
9: pens, three trade- times, three times.
3: Derek Brassard, the newest Penguin, not going to be here. Having immigration uh, issues still, and they failed to make the big move for the defenseman at the trade deadline. But worry not, says GMJR Mike Scott Sports. When we return, and more with Billy Gardell here on DV- DVE Sports. Billy Gardell, live in Los Angeles, California. Hello. And Mike Persuda in here with your sports right now on DVE.
7: Sports are brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Pens are hosting the Devils tonight.
9: Wow, the Pens, the Pens,
5: three times.
7: 7 o'clock on your Pens flagship, 1059. The X, no word yet as to whether Derek Broussard will be available. He was acquired over the weekend. Oh, but I thought he definitely wasn't. The ever-popular immigration issues are still rearing their ugly I shouldn't say ugly heads, because it's important that we stay vigilant when these French-Canadian wingers want to come yes. into our country. They need to be checked out, investigated. Why is this an issue when they switch teams? Is it an issue every time they travel into the no, States? No, it's uh, where your uh, permanent uh, residency okay. or your main... Where you do most of your work, I think, is the is the issue. The sticking point. You're, you're traveling around and you just play here once in a while, it's fine. But we're uh, going to be here a while, they want to they want to check it out, so uh, we shall see. The Penguins have a pretty good idea of what they acquired when they acquired Derek Broussard. His resume kind of speaks for itself. But Chris Letang thought out loud yesterday about what if Broussard is better with the Penguins than he's been before?
4: He's gonna bring a lot to our team. He didn't have the chance to play with uh uh caliber player like Gino and uh and Sid in his career, so now uh, we're gonna be able to see what he can do with those guys too. And when he says
7: he's we're about to see what he can do with those guys, not that it's gonna be a line of Crosby, Malkin and Broussard, but the trickle down might really open things up for Derek Broussard. Teams Putting the top defense pairs against Crosby and then against Malkin. Yeah. and uh, Probably
2: going to get to play with Kessel,
7: who's been yeah. on fire. This might work. <laughs> it's got a chance to work. Penn's going uh, for their 12th consecutive home win tonight. That would tie the second longest such run in franchise history. The record is 13. That was set uh, from November 15, 2013, to January the 15th. 2014. Jim Rutherford, uh, not real busy uh, at the trade deadline yesterday at 3 o'clock, but Rutherford did tell the media that the Pens were very close to announcing a five-year extension for winger Patrick Hornquist. Uh, That dealer reported five years and a $5.3 million annual average. Uh, Rutherford more than willing to make an exception of Hornquist. Over my
1: career, I've done very few contracts uh, during the season. And so this shows what the organization and what I think of Patrick uh, to to get in and, and get it done sooner than later. And so I felt uh, I felt it was important that uh, he knows and we know that he's going to be here going forward.
7: Pens acquired uh, forward Josh Juris from Carolina in exchange for forward Greg McKegg. Juris goes to the AHL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins. Matt Murray was to be evaluated again this morning after taking a shot to the head yesterday and leaving practice early. And the Penguins also made a roster transaction, uh, recalling goaltender Casey DeSmith from AHL Wilkes-Barre-Scranton and sending goaltender Tristan Jari and forward Dominic Simone back to the AHL Penguins. Pens and the Devils tonight. At PPG Paints Arena, the Pens are currently in third place in the Metropolitan Division after the Flyers' win and the Capitals' loss last night. It's Philadelphia with 78 points, Washington with 77, Pittsburgh with 76, and the Devils with 72. College basketball. Yesterday, uh, the West Virginia Mountaineers were number 20 in the latest AP Top 25. The Mountaineers celebrated their ranking. By beating number twelve Texas Tech eighty four to seventy four, last night in Morgantown, West Virginia improves to twenty two and eight overall, eleven and six in the Big Twelve. Pirates lost to the Red Sox thirteen to two. They're o 0 3 They're o 0 and one on the spring. They've got the Braves in Orlando today at one o five. Stephen Brault is expected to be your starter for the Buccos. That's your DVE Sports. I'm Mike Persuda.
3: Thanks, Mike. Billy, uh, hanging out with us right now, doing yes. another, doing another. Sheldon, I like that.
9: Yeah, it's nice. I am reoccurring at this point, which is really lovely. Yeah, you're like a uh... a middle relief. I come in, I pitch the seventh mm-hmm. and the eighth, and I go back to the bench. Well, Bill, you know, love it.
7: Zach Duke is still pitching middle relief.
9: That's what I'm talking about. You can stay in the league a long and time and right. you get six outs. <laughs> six outs and you're good. Sit down.
3: I like that. But you're still hanging around with, uh, you, you know, you're working with Chuck Lorre, of course, if you're doing Young Sheldon, which is good. He's yes, become a friend lovely. of yours, which is a, you know, not for nothing, pretty good that's friend. That's a nice friend to have. Yeah, good guy to have in your corner. <laughs> nah,
9: no, he's the best.
3: But I liked that the Mike and Molly family transcended what I think most sitcoms, can possibly achieve and you know we really did we all were there on set and got to see how you helped foster that environment which was a really cool thing and you were just saying you had dinner with all those guys last weekend
9: yeah we had saturday night because will's always gone on the weekends at his friends now and me and patty are afraid to talk to each other we had a dinner party and uh it was nice, man. We had Reno who played my partner Carl and his wife, and Rondi who played my mom, and Lou and his wife, who played Vince and uh my manager and my wife and I and we texted everybody else. Swoozy was working on Man with a Plan, Melissa's doing a movie and we texted everybody and Katie's, you know, at home with the new the new the new pregnancy. But it was it was really nice, man. We none of us lose touch and uh and we did a lot of laughs and a lot of gratitude, and uh, it is nice that we're all, are all still in each other's lives. You and know? it's
3: interesting that you know the reason Mike and Molly w- didn't get renewed was basically because CBS was making a power play for more money to, to make more money off the show from from the uh, the original deal with its creator Chuck Lorre and his production company.
9: But well, just and Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers and CBS couldn't come the to studio. the studio. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's what I believe to be true. You'll never truly know because those are behind doors. But you know, I just hated that that it came out on the internet. It was because she lost weight, or they hated each other. None of that's none of that was true, right? But so, we but were just know, talking it about is the,
3: it is. the fact that you know you're still out there uh, battling, uh, yep. and uh, and well, I wouldn't say battling. You're doing pretty good.
9: No, uh, I'm but, fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: But the point is, it's it's a battle for anybody, no matter how accomplished they are, to get something sold and the trend seems to be that the networks want too much control the streaming sites are having more success by relinquishing that control to the creative forces and by even the ones that miss it's worth it for the for the few that hit and so hmm. the networks are now becoming the the secondary uh, market for a lot of people pitching shows i would imagine
9: well i just think that that netflix and hulu and you know, Amazon, Amazon and even Crackle to some degree are they're 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 doing what they used to do in television. The reason television was so good in the seventies and eighties was, you know, I, and I believe this. This is just my opinion, but but like a production, like the last great television man to me is Peter Roth, who's the head of Warner Brothers. He's just a fantastic TV man, and uh, you know, these guys were of, of the the mindset that if it was working, you didn't fix that part, you know? And I think nowadays younger executives think they have to open up their mouth just to validate their job, and sometimes they mess up what's working instead of being secure enough to go, you know what, that's working, leave that part alone.
3: Uh-huh, you know, secure don't, enough. don't
9: fix what ain't broke. And I, and I believe that the streaming services – have really picked up that mantle again, and, and they really do let their creative forces. They don't step in unless there's something wrong, and I think that's really, really smart, and you get good quality television because of it.
2: Do you think that Roseanne will be as successful the second go-round?
9: I don't know, man. I'm excited to see what they end up doing. It's been pretty hush-hush. I don't know. Um, I will tell you, Will and Grace got picked up for another two seasons. because wow. they're, they're, they're crushing the ratings, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it makes me hopeful that maybe someday, who knows, maybe we'll do a Mike and Molly reunion.
5: Yeah,
9: it, oh,
3: that'd, is, be, that'd be awesome. Is it necessarily a good thing that we have to keep looking back that we're not willing to develop? No,
9: I think that's a big sign at the, uh, of the networks as well, that they, they don't know how to nurture new programs. Mm-hmm. So that's what it says to me, but what the hell do I know?
2: No, I no mean, I've always said that. They don't know what will work. They just know what did work. and they, <laughs> So it's always a retread of something or... I don't know. I don't know. Did everybody on This Is Us die yet, Val,
3: or is that show still on TV? No, it's still on TV. Okay. <laughs>
9: you mean that was us? <laughs> that <one>. <laughs> 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 I haven't
3: watched one second
2: of it. We almost had a, uh, that Not episode. Not only do of, you
9: steal our characters, you got to have a bus with Swiss on it. Come on, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, find a dude Come on. ripped Can ads you hurt me
9: now. anymore? Can you hurt me anymore?
2: We almost had a, uh, a version of this as us at our first porch party uh, porch party with Billy. When uh, the right. crock pot blew out the,
9: uh, the whole broadcast. <laughs> oh, my God. They stole yeah. our
3: ID. I didn't even think of that. They right.
9: did. They got our crock pot. Remember, we shut down the radio because <laughs> a lady plugged in a ham barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hall of Fame stuff, right oh, there. Man, oh, man. Awesome.
3: Uh, we got culturally appropriated. It's the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell hanging out with us from Los Angeles. Hi. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this, though I think I I know what it's going to be. All right. And I may be misinterpreting this, but an independent musician of some notable fame, the band is known as Mount Erie. Phil Elevrum is the guy who, it's his band. Right. And he went on Reddit to engage a little AMA, and he had this to say, he he, he talked about why he doesn't like signing autographs, okay, because uh-huh. he goes to his merch table after the shows, uh-huh. and people want him to sign stuff and whatever. And this is what he has to say, hey, keep in mind, this is very sort of like hipstery musician guy. Okay. The harsh reality is that when I'm at my concert, sitting behind the merch table, or even just walking around the venue, there is a built-in imbalance in power. I'm the person who is on stage. I'm the person whose name you maybe know from the thing you read on the internet, whose picture you've seen, whose backstory you're maybe familiar with. I don't know you. You are the unmet person who pays for me to live, who paid to come to the show and paid for the record. I owe everything to you, and I don't know anything about you. You're my anonymous employer. When we meet, we are inherently shouldered with this burden of imbalance and alienation. You act deferential to me because I have been placed in this higher status position by my circumstances, when really, I am your servant, traveling and singing to please you. It's effed up. These are... Big pre-existing barriers to the two of us having any kind of sensible interaction. And he goes on basically, and again, unless I misunderstand it, to say that he doesn't like to sign autographs because it continues to put him in a position of power above the person who's enjoying his art.
9: Okay, well, a couple things come to mind. First of all, if you have a merch table and you're at it, you're not in concert. <laughs> Number two, stop spending so much time alone on the bus. Right? <laughs> Someone comes up, take a picture, sign your autograph, and get back to writing songs.
2: I did think of that, too, Bill. How's he working his merch table at his show?
9: Yeah, exactly.
5: Well, by that. the way,
9: you, there's a time where you should be out there doing that. My dad, every time I'd, when I started selling out the improv, thanks to you guys, DVE, um, my dad would come up for those shows. He'd come back to me right after the show was over in the green room with a a beer in his hand and go, Get out there and shake those people's hands. So that's the attitude, man. Well, and so you're just thinking way too much. you well, that, that That's
3: all I'm. getting I know at. you don't
9: want to eat with the rest of the guys, but it's probably healthy for you if you do.
3: I think there's this, <laughs> you know, hyper awareness that's occurring right now, which is by and large a good thing, a great thing, and a necessary thing. However, sometimes it spills over the edge a little bit, yeah, and when you you're, overanalyze you're the artist, you're, yeah, and
9: you're, you're over, you're off roading there. Yeah, I thought it was an
2: interesting space. perspective. It, was like, I, it is humble. It's Philosophically, I, I thought it was just an interesting take. For but, sure. like, in practice, yeah. what are you doing?
3: Like, I don't want to sign this for you because it furthers the divide between us. Is a yeah. weird thing. All you got to do is sign it and yeah. make them happy and say thank you and be grateful. Just autograph my hey, boob, it, dude, and <laughs> let me go. <laughs> conversely, conversely,
9: you could argue that if you sign something that you're saying thank you to your fans. Right. You know what I love signing? Terrible towels. (laughs) People bring terrible towels to my shows everywhere in this country. I see them. I see the Pittsburghers. (laughs) They stand up and they start waving the towel when I come out because we're all part of that. And they always want me to sign their towel. And for me, just a stupid comic from Swissville. To, to be able to sign a terrible towel. We don't let terrible towels touch the ground.
2: <laughs>
9: and when someone asks me to sign that, I find that a, an incredible honor. I find that a huge honor.
2: Yeah, I like Oh, it. yeah. Because that towel's been at a Super Bowl.
9: That towel's That's been, special. that towel's been, uh, that, it's never touched the floor. It's It's been on a special shelf. It only comes out in special times. It's been passed down through the families. So you know, I, I I think conversely, I don't think it separates you from your fans to take a picture and sign autographs. I think it bonds you with them.
3: I get what he was getting at. I, I get, do. But that, nice so but that so that that is
9: so. But but, but, but idea. when you stop on a road, and you get off the bus. One table, we all eat together. Don't eat down by yourself where you get to think like this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh, that <laughs> reflection can just be applied to your own humility. It doesn't have to be projected onto the other person. You don't have to try and illuminate them to the the disparity in your status. They just want your autograph.
1: Like, you
9: just don't be a jag. That's it. That's the rule. That's the golden rule. That's the rule. That's exactly right.
2: Don't be a jag. It really always comes
3: back to that. Have you got the old, you know, the reason Paul Newman stopped signing autographs was because... A guy was peeing in a urinal next to him, and he he was like, holy cow, you're Paul Newman, and he turned sideways to look at him and peed on his shoes and said, <laughs> can I have your autograph? He's like, you're pissing on my shoes.
9: <laughs> right, you know, it's one bad apple. You're always going to have one.
3: Did you, yeah. have, you ever had anything weird like that?
9: I, I've had a couple people that couldn't disengage, and that's a little creepy. Like after we've talked and taken a picture and I've signed something and, and we've hung out for a minute or two, you gotta you gotta disengage i've I've had people that like couldn't walk away, and there's other people behind them and you don't wanna be rude, but you're like hey, buddy you gotta there's a lot of people <laughs> you know what I mean Burr's got so a that, thing about that's that a little weird that's a little weird when they don't disengage
3: Burr has a funny uh approach to that what's he do he he's like it's about body language and you give him like a one two three yeah. ah good uh and then they say one thing you go. Cool, thanks, man. And then they say one
2: more. You go right on. Have a good day.
3: All right, Dave. <laughs> okay, pal. All righty. Did
2: I ever tell you that he did that to me? After we did it, we, <laughs> we did a show. He caught himself. We did a show up at Nema yeah. and for Lemieux for that golf outing. Yeah. Oh, and, so funny. And I was like, Bob oh, Burr, great set, man. You crush. And he started doing that, and he and he caught himself, and he goes, Oh, dude, I'm sorry, dude. I just. <laughs> I gave you the brush off, dude. I, you, you have to understand. He goes, I, I went into autopilot there. I don't. I don't. Yeah. No disrespect. Yeah, that's that's, thanks. Funny. Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks. All right. No, All that's right.
3: good news. Okay. Yep. All
5: righty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he puts his hand out like it's almost like an air stiff arm, oh, where he so starts funny. pushing you back mm-hmm. without pushing you. Yeah, that's.
9: A
3: you don't have that luxury when you're uh, waiting
9: for a permanies at the Steelers game, though. Yeah, I'm you're always stuck th- I'm there, out, Bill. I'm always out in the street, so, you yeah. know, that's okay with that's me. Right.
2: Here's what I will say. One thing that's weird is, like, some dude was driving. I was going to eat dinner with my kids, and some dude just uh, yelled out of his car, Yo, Crawford, stop! And I was like, hey, what's going on? And my mom was like, who is that? I'm like, I don't know. Like when just people just like pick up a conversation, I mean I love that, but identify yourself at least.
9: That means you're connected. That's all good. It's
5: awesome. Stop.
3: Uh, oh, it's Stop. awesome when you uh, wake up from surgery and they're like, "Hey, uh, this guy, <laughs> one of the one of the guys that works here." Anyways, he's not a fan of yours, and it would be really fun <laughs> if you guys got in an argument right now. Yeah, there's some timing involved. <laughs> I'm like, how about when I'm less vulnerable? <laughs> i just have my wisdom teeth
2: out of my head. Can we do it then? <laughs> my ass isn't hanging out of this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hospital gown.
3: I like that. One time, I, yeah, I met a guy at a Penguins game years ago, like right when I first started. And this guy goes, hey, you're ready, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, dude, all right, love the show. And his buddy was sitting next to him, and he goes, I don't. <laughs> and i go that's okay and, and uh and his buddy goes yeah he don't like you and i was like that's all right he goes i just think you're an a-hole and i'm like yeah that's oh, wow. i'm like that's fair <laughs> he was totally nice about it i'm like totally fair all right see you guys he's like yeah i'll be listening tomorrow the other guy's like i won't
9: <laughs> i actually the last one of the steer games i was at we were going up the escalator and and I, somebody mentioned my name, said, I just heard, like in the peripheral, I heard Billy Gardell like that, right? So I don't know if the guy spotted me or whatever. I'm always on, you know, I'm walking through the crowd. And then there was a guy with him that just goes, don't think he's funny. I don't think he's funny. <laughs> so, then, so then I got up next to him and I go, you don't think that Gardell's funny, huh? And he goes, nope, I don't. I don't find him funny. I was like, "Okay, man. All right, cool. Have a good day." <laughs> he didn't even know he was talking to me.
2: I just... Why do they feel like they have to say it to you?
9: Well, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just somebody that keeps it, it real. One. No, I'll you're a jagoff.
0: I was walking across the parking lot at Costco one day, and some guy yelled at me, "Hey Val, do the trumpet." Oh, that's
3: awesome. <laughs>
2: like, uh,
5: this is this the electric right lunch? Here? You're
3: taking requests. <laughs> Yeah, that's hard. You all of a sudden gotta do the the blue oyster
5: theme. <laughs>
3: Billy Gardell, always Logic. a pleasure to talk with you because we gotta go. It's ten AM.
9: Lobbyists have a great morning, and uh, and be safe out there.
3: Tomorrow on the show, more stuff. <laughs> belt. All right, see. You. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh.
1: Don't touch your face. I
5: ain't got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
2: For now, you guys call me
5: Ronald. Would you not eat my pants, Ronald? Ah! <laughs>